and hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet it's sunday night everyone we're back again me my favorite co-host in the world matt we're here we're doing the thing it's comic multiverse time again how you been i've been pretty good i've been pretty i had a really busy week but uh it's it's uh been getting better because i've been playing my horizon forbidden west I know you've been really you've been you've been bragging about it there. You've been making me console jealous <laughs> all the fun you're having on what I guess we can call the first real big PS5 exclusive, right? Well, it's yes and no. I mean, Demon Souls is solely PS5, True. Uh, and so it's like Ratchet and Clank and everything. But like this this one is like the first one where I've gone like, oh, this this is what they can do with the the PS5. This is but what I this is what they can do. But I guess I should say because there's no like PS4 SKU for it. But I guess those other ones he mentions didn't have a PS4 SKU either. Yeah, well, the, yeah, this one's multi generational. We can still get it on the PlayStation Four. Yeah, right on. Yeah, you're having a lot of fun with it there. I know a lot of people who have have been enjoying it. I still got to play the first one. I got uh, I got it on one of those like PlayStation Plus yeah. sales. I just have not had time for it yet. Yeah, yeah. I played through the first one in its entirety recently, and then went into this one. And yeah, it's definitely the way to go. There is in this new one. There is like a catch up at the beginning, ah, but the, right. but it does. But you should play the first game anyway. Yeah, I I am so behind on so many games now. I don't know how I do anything. Maybe that's why <laughs> I was loving that Pokemon game on the Switch so much because I could take it with me everywhere I yeah. went. Yeah, yeah. And it was very easy. And then like I, I've really gotten into this recently. I don't know if this just means I'm getting older or I'm getting lazy. I'm like, oh. I can take this to bed and play a couple rounds in it and then like four hours go by. I'm like, oh shit, have I still been playing this? I know, right? Yeah, it's really handy. It really, it really, really is. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Uh, catching up on some TV too. Uh, Peacemaker ended this week. Yes, yes it did. What a, what a finale, am I right? F- fucking fantastic. Just brilliant. I Like, again, everyone was talking about how, like, Peacemaker is the most watched, most well-reviewed DC show on the entire app. And then when I see this, I'm like, and it's deserved, really. Oh, yeah. Like, every episode was, like, better than the last. And the last one was, like, an easy, like, 9 out of 10. Totally. The fact that they were able to take a forgotten F-list character and make him the hottest thing at DC right now is astounding. The, that's what the thing, even now it still keeps fucking with my head. Fucking Peacemaker. Peacemaker is thing. like more popular at the moment than like Batman and Superman. By, sh- by sheer force of will. And now you're hearing the rumor too, where it's like, oh, it's James Gunn is, you know, uh, show running another Suicide Squad spinoff. And apparently mm-hmm. the hot rumor is when he's done Guardians of the Galaxy 3, they offered him like a big overall deal just to do dc television uh yeah i'd love that i know he's uh, for peacemaker season two he's writing and directing every episode wow so uh yeah i can see him doing that and then just becoming like dc tv's like kevin feige yeah being the tv guy i mean just in general i think you know when we talk about the stuff we really love in dc live action it's all the tv stuff it's doom patrol it's you know the long form stuff yeah yeah, the long form stuff is so good, and also it's it's the weirder, more outside the box mm-hmm. stuff where it's like Superman, Batman. Eh, we've all got opinions on those. Eh, we've all seen those a hundred times when they've been good, bad, and benign. Yeah, I think with Doom Patrol and Peacemaker, what they've really hit is you know people like to see new shit that they haven't seen before mm-hmm. and stuff that they they don't know what's gonna happen next. They don't know what to expect. Yeah, new shit, weird shit. <clears throat> yeah, new stuff shit, like that. Weird yeah, shit wins. Yeah. 
and it also gives me high hopes for some of that other stuff they're doing that's going to be coming to the app, like Batgirl, like mm-hmm. Blue Beetle, like that Gotham Central show that they're yeah. working on. Yeah, it seems like there is like some care and time put into all this, and not a lot of um, studio Oversight. meddling. Well, as, as like James Gunn says, like he was allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted, and he did. Yeah, boy, did he do it. Yeah, they they didn't have like any notes or weren't like trying to like finagle things in that didn't fit in with the plot or anything you know yeah yeah just just did it and it was really good and it went places you weren't expecting and actually had kind of a bittersweet ending in a way didn't it it really did yeah and i'm really intrigued to see what they're they're gonna go for season two totally the the thing i loved about it and i mentioned this in my own review over on tiktok because god damn it apparently you need to do tiktok now if you want to be a half decent youtuber what I loved about it, and, and I went back and watched The Suicide Squad, and I think it makes the arc even stronger, it explores the two different types of peace when it mm-hmm. comes to philosophy. You know, Christopher Smith starts off as an agent of negative peace, and that is peace and prosperity that is only maintained through violence through and violence. killing. Yeah. Yeah, and yet by the end of Peacemaker, he's understanding the different sorts of peace, positive peace, peace that is only maintained through prosperity and, you know, lifting people up and fixing Mm -hmm. societal problems and everything at their core. And to see the villains of that show also represent negative peace and also kind of very much represent Waller and his father in this, like, you know, we control everything and we make the choice for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so interesting that, yeah, again, we get all this sort of really great complex character stuff with peacemaker peacemaker next next to a bunch of dick jokes (laughs) yeah yeah mixed in with i said this um when i was talking about it on a stream earlier uh it's funny because like marvel do the whole thing where they undercut a serious moment with a joke but in peacemaker it's like the opposite where a joke is like played into serious (laughs) yeah yeah play undercut with something serious it's 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 really quite cool it's a very interesting inverse, isn't it? It's like, ha, 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 we're having fun, we're laughing here. Oh, that was a serious topic they brought up. Oh, God, his backstory is much darker and more horrifying yeah. than I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's really solid. Hey, did Lloyd Kaufman show up in this, or uh, his brother, or did I just not see them? Because normally those are always the cameos. Uh, yeah, no, I know, I was, like, looking out for them. I want to say they didn't. Maybe they didn't, I just didn't notice it. Yeah, maybe they were like, you know, in a crowd or something. But maybe yeah, he voiced that, that big fucking penis cow. Probably. Yeah, I'm like, hey, where's Sean Gunn and where's Lloyd Kaufman? Where are the two yeah. cameos? Well, I, that well are Sean Gunn in technically is in this universe as Calendar Man in That's the Suicide right. Squad, so he couldn't show up in this. It's something else. Maybe, maybe he should show up at some point. I, I also loved Viola Davis's cameo. She literally phones it in, <laughs> phoned him and in. then in. And then in the final episode, she's on what I can only assume is her real couch. Yeah, yeah, they just, like, took a, give her a camera, give her an iPhone, just film this. (laughs) I can only assume that is her real couch and what she was wearing that day. (laughs) Which is beautiful in and of itself, because I have always wanted to see what is downtime casual Amanda Waller at home. Yeah, yeah. Also, that ending, too, opens up, like, a ton of questions in places they could go, because it's like, well, how is this going to affect the next Suicide Squad movie if they make one? How is this going to affect, you know, the next season of the show? Yeah, well, like, yeah, the world now knows about the Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, they're not so, yeah. secret anymore. What, where does that go? Like, what, what do the, 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 the other heroes think of that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe Amanda Waller will run off to her island like she is in the new comics. <laughs> yeah, try right and take now. over Earth 3, yeah. Ah, well, we're enemies of the government now, everyone. <laughs> now time to move Earth. <laughs> yeah, do you think I was going to stop? Well, I'm not. <laughs> it would also be a great place, too, to bring in the other Charlton heroes. Maybe like mm. The Question, who is a yeah. crazy conspiracy theorist in a world where they just confirmed... A, a massive conspiracy is true yeah well I, again that was like a running thing of the show because they had the the, the the peacemaker quote-unquote diary with full yep. new world order bullshit and all that sort yep. of stuff yeah again peacemaker uh question would be a great uh, addition to that very much so because he's like this hardcore fucked up libertarian yeah. and like peacemaker is changing alignments from like well i was an ultra right-wing nationalist but now i'm kind of softening so it would be fun to have them bounce off each other yeah yeah it'll be great likewise nightshade and is captain adam been in anything live action or am i crazy captain uh no i don't think so Captain Adam would be a good fit in this show, too, because it's like, oh, you have actual godlike powers in a world where everyone else is he, just, like, better than your average human. He, he, he can do what he does best and die in horrible nuclear explosions. <laughs> right away. <laughs> That's the thing, like, oh, God, I'm going to blow up, Chris. You got to help me. <laughs> they could also bring in the other peacemaker, Mitchell Black, from Living Assault Weapons. Yeah. Hell, they could bring in any of the other 12 vigilantes, which yeah. would be interesting. That would be kind of, yeah, like he, like uh, Adrian has like inspired other people. Oh, that's fun that there's a whole bunch of them running around. Yeah, yeah. and he doesn't know how to like deal, deal with, with that. It, yeah. <laughs> how fun is Adrian too, where it's like, I know some people joked early on, like, uh, you know, he's an actually pretty honest version of what it must be like to live with autism. And then the longer the show went on, I'm like, no, I think he actually is. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he he's on the spectrum. Yeah, he's bad in social situations, doesn't understand, uh, what is it, sarcasm, but desperately wants to try mm -hmm. and doesn't let it hold him back from having real meaningful relationships with yeah. people. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, he's, he's a fantastic character. Yeah, how, how is it that Peacemaker nailed that, too? <laughs> well, again, they treated him like a person. They treated him like, I guess so. I guess that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, everyone, now that we've gushed all over Peacemaker and how much we loved it, uh, we can get to talk about uh, the news this week. There's a fairly nice smattering of topics here, and perhaps the biggest one. I know people in the comments section and on Twitter have already been, you know, chomping at the bit for us to talk about this. And yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, Comixology is fucking broken right now. Thank you, Amazon. Yeah, this 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 was a fun way to end last week. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, I'm glad I got a lot of my comic work done before this happened. Oh boy. But oh my this God. week is gonna be, gonna be fucking interesting. I'll tell you that much. It's yeah, it's it's gonna be very interesting because if people have been following me on Twitter, I actually got really upset about this because I I went on there. I thought it was just like a bunch of people just complaining because of new mm -hmm. layout and whatnot. I logged in there and found that uh, my three thousand plus comics had just disappeared. weren't anywhere. I I have since sorted it out, but I don't. I'm I'm gonna have to count them because I don't think there's like all my comics are fucking there. Uh, the library feature is just missing now. Yeah, people can't fucking yeah. find it. I had to call. Like I had to call support and like they wow. they had to like like unlink my account and then link it again and then I had to log back in with a new pass. All this bullshit. 
that's just such a colossal fuck up. So the library feature is fucked. Like Matt said, you need to actually call a human being to sort it out. Uh, but don't worry, though. You can now delete comics from your thing, which is such a stupid yeah. addition where it's like, what, delete them so I can buy them again, Amazon? Yeah, exactly, yes. You need to buy them again from our store. That we own, so we make more money on you. Uh, like, obviously, Comixology used to be an independent thing. It was the biggest, you know, place to get, you know... So fucking com- simple to use. So simple to use. The net- the Netflix of comics. Uh, you get your big two there. You get a ton of independent work. Uh, you get stuff that had, like, Comixology exclusive deals. And, oh, my God, yep. I felt so bad for the people. Uh, what is it? Uh, Danny uh, Lorin had one that was, like, brand new that was supposed to come out this week when all of this happened and no one was able to find it. Uh, it was very successful, and because it was very successful, Amazon bought it. The Jeff Bezos company, you know, biggest company in the world. Yeah. You know, with a GDP that rivals most nations. And they did what everyone is afraid happens when a giant, massive conglomerate buys something you like. They fucked it, because they don't understand comics, they don't know how it works, and yet instead of just keeping the reader that worked and the UI that worked, they needed to put their own stamp on it. So now, even when you do try and read comics, they are sized totally wrong. Yeah, it's absolute bullshit. It is the worst. It totally sucks. Cowboy saying, I couldn't sync my Marvel account to Comixology. See, I didn't even know that was a problem, too, and that's no. also fucked. Yeah, all of the, all these different things are so much... Like, Comixology was just fine on its own with, you know, your DC and your Marvel and mm-hmm. your, your independent. It was just fine. And, yeah, they've, they've what they did is they took it and they added it into their, like, already really quite shitty, uh, like, line Kindle. of line of Kindle Prime bullshit all their different memberships they have and it's just completely buggered it again i i cannot confirm it but yes it seems like they wanted to make it kindle friendly yeah. and you know kindle response which uh oh that didn't work either uh kurt our frequent friend and collaborator mm-hmm. was writing there uh it crashed his kindle when he actually yeah. tried to use it when he dug it up blew the fucking dust off it to try and read comics so that doesn't work either yeah it's which doesn't make any sense because surely comiXology was already kindle friendly before or like you know tablet friendly beforehand you would th- i read lots of comics on my tablet yeah. or at least i used to yeah so yeah this is a massive fuck up everyone was talking about it just a couple days ago from the people in the industry to fans who could not get their stuff read and i find it so interesting that you know all the grifters, all the outrage merchants out there who have been selling forever that, oh, comics are dying because of this reason or that reason, or like, oh, comics won't be around much longer. And yet here we have an actual real... Actual like, problem. <laughs> yeah, tangential concrete. Like, no, no, no. This has the potential of killing comics as we know, because quite frankly, not everyone can make it to stores to get physical copies, especially not now during year two going on year three of a deadly disease pandemic. If people cannot get their digital books, or if it is too much of a hassle to get digital comic books, they're going to stop doing it, or they're just going to start pirating. And Mm -hmm. mark my words, if they do not fix this within, let's be generous and say the next two months, then we're going to be getting reports from the big two being like, oh, piracy is really on the rise now, and we're going to be like, no fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think... I think they, I think DC and Marvel, because they they're the big two. They need to do something like what they did with Diamond, and like yeah. come together to make their own platform, like Comicsology, and just make basically just make it Comicsology. 
Uh, again, hold that thought. That's a good thought. Uh, Cosmic Reader, this is why I never shop for digital comics for years. It does open up a big debate about, you know, digital ownership and what do we mm -hmm. really own when a company can just come in and totally screw the pooch on something like mm -hmm. that. And that's the other fucked up thing, too, about Amazon, where, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a tinfoil hat guy. My hat looks like this. <laughs> but if I was, though... Like in the back part of my lizard brain where they're like, oh, yes, we fucked up your very convenient, very affordable digital reader. You can still buy trades, though, from us, though. Yeah, they're just right here. Just just order them. You can get them within a day. They're more expensive, but they're Amazon. You can buy them right here. But wouldn't you rather do that? Wouldn't you rather buy a bigger thing that we have to ship for you? You know, that's that's our bread and butter. That's how we really make our money. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, also, oh, they fucked up the conversion rate, too, I noticed, on the prices yes. from, like, Canadian to American. Yes. Which is another massive fuck-up that I'm sure a lot of Americans didn't even notice, but the conversion rates are wrong. Yeah, and I, assume, I had never checked it, but I assume they're probably wrong in Australia as well. Oh, yeah, if they're wrong in Canada, they're definitely wrong in Australia as well, because they only care about the American dollar. Yeah, yeah. The one that controls everything, but yeah, just massive massive fuck up now what are your options you're probably thinking out there well this is fucked up uh admittedly not much there used nope. to be other comicsology type uh what is it type apps that you could go to they don't really exist anymore marvel has an app dc universe i think still exists yeah i'm not i haven't actually tried that mainly because it's not actually available here but likewise is, is the can you buy like new comics from that? Cause um, to my understanding, that was just like more recent, older comics. Yes. Uh, I do not believe they are up to date yeah. is the problem. Yeah. They are not up to date, which is like, well, if they're not up to date and if I got to get two separate apps just to read what's coming out, why the fuck am I even going to bother at that point? Exactly. Yeah. So again, this is, this is a kneecapping of the digital comic sphere and this is also like a real cautionary tale about putting all of one's eggs into a cyber basket and letting one company run everything this is the problem with monopolies because if they don't care or if they're too incompetent to fix the problem everyone is going to suffer and not just everyone but a whole industry is going to yeah. suffer off the back of this they're pretty coy about how much you know of the digital comic scene actually makes up the entire profit margins for comics but i'm going to assume it is considerably more than actual brick and mortar stores well i know in in 2021 like when the pandemic was at its worst digital comic sales were up like billions yeah like like, oh, yeah. like fucking heaps Especially now, because no one can go anywhere without yeah. risking disease and death and mm -hmm. passing it on. And yep. Again, it's like, Amazon, you had you had one job. <laughs> you had one job, and it's like, it, it's not even like, oh, we'll just roll it back to another version, right? We'll just roll it back to the thing you like. It's like, no, we'll just not fix it at all, because we don't have to, because comics make a percent of a percent of what we do here at Amazon, and we can totally lose money on this if we want. Yeah, you have to wonder if they're going to actually do anything, or just leave it and just be like, yeah, we'll just take the hit. Who gives a shit? We'll make Who it back in shit? like a second. On anything else we do. Here's, here's the other fucked up thing about Amazon. So one of the other really dirty little secrets of Amazon that I'm sure you've heard is that they always try and have a thing like, oh, you know, work with us, sell with us. Here's the thing, though. When you're working with them and selling with them, they're reading your analytics and they're, you know, basically stealing your data and figuring it out how to 
undercut you and do what you do better than you. Yep. And if you don't do that, there was a famous story out there about a company that sold diapers. That was their thing. And Amazon didn't like that this company was holding out for them. So you know what they did to actually totally crush them? Uh, they sold their own similar products at a considerable loss for like three years to put this company out of business, and they did. Jeez. So whenever, so for someone out there who I'm sure is thinking, well, why, why doesn't someone just come up with a new, better app to compete against Comixology? That's why. Yeah, this, this, this. What this needs is like what happened with Diamond, where where DC and Marvel just pull their entire pull lines collectively, collectively yeah. and just cut the legs out from under and start their own comicsology adjacent thing which of course is a problem because that means oh no dc and marvel and their parent companies have to agree to work together yeah which is very difficult very very difficult but yes this is when it comes to bad news that we've covered on this show i don't think it gets worse than this yeah it's pretty bad this is like again this is disastrous like again if they don't get this fixed within the next two months this is a mortal wound and here Here's the worst part. Here's the real salt on the wound, mother of a fucker problem. And that is, if you were to put in to Google right now, read comics online, read digital comics online right now, it's not going to take you to Comixology. It's going to take you to one of the dozens of pirate sites out there, <laughs> which, guess what, are better maintained, easier to use with superior readers. Yeah, I, I, I'm not advocating to do this because, again, Neither it takes I. away from the creators and they have nothing to do with, do with this. But, yeah, if that's going to be your only choice from now on, yeah you know nothing you can you are, do about it <laughs> you are again you are giving people a strong moral argument for piracy which again bad for the industry bad for the creators we love and everything but it's also like when you literally give them no other choice and the creators <laughs> in the industry know this too yeah oh, they're, they're all up against it as well absolutely as they should be and again it's amazon it is, you know, the definition of a corporation that doesn't have to listen to anyone because they are essentially a country unto themselves. Only, you know, countries usually pay taxes, but they don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this let, let this be a warning about, you know, the cyberpunk future and monopolies and megacorps with too much power. Because, again, today it's just comics. Tomorrow there's no telling what they might do. Yeah, what else are they going to fuck up? What else do you love that they are going to sincerely fuck up? yeah also hey uh unrelated but that uh boys diabolical show i was supposed to do some promotion <laughs> for them and then they found out i was in canada and stopped writing me back now i'm glad that that didn't happen because <laughs> boy would i have been in an interesting moral place where it's like yeah amazon comics all you the fucking words but please watch the boys diabolical when it comes out <laughs> because they gave me money to say it <laughs> fight the power but also write me a check please in cash <laughs> <laughs> so there you go everyone there's there's a rough ass piece of news a hard pill to swallow i hope they fix it but at the same time i don't hold out hope <laughs> nah nah you're gonna have to wonder what, what what's this next week gonna be like when we we come to fucking time to buy comics what the fuck are we gonna oh, yeah. do <laughs> yeah again it is gonna take an entire industry yelling at them the parent companies have to get involved and like you said they have to threaten where it's like get your shit together or we're just going to breach whatever contract i assume they have with them and we're going to leave and start our own thing yeah remember what happened to diamond when that happened <laughs> yeah pretty much where it's like what do you even do for us anymore diamond yeah yeah 
why are we here? Why are we here? <laughs> and yes, Ben Parrish, just add this to the other list of things Amazon is destroying. And here's the other thing. We always were able to look the other way on the evils of Amazon. Oh, they abuse their workers, but I get stuff in a day and a half. Ah, they don't pay their taxes. Ah, lots of evil corporations don't pay their taxes. Boy, boy, do I love the Legend of Fox Machina and Invisible or Invincible <laughs> here on this app. But at least when they were doing other evil things, they made it so convenient and so cheap that you know your your better senses took over. Here they are actively screwing up by making something not easy and. Yeah. not convenient yeah it's i i just don't know how any of the designers behind this looked at it and went yeah that's that's right that's cool yeah let's do that yeah again the answer is is because they they didn't have to care because mm. comics make such a small small tiny tiny little piece of uh their gross domestic product of their fucking pie that they have more than anyone else yeah yeah now, from there, from that really bad piece of news, we're going to move on to a good piece of news that I think everyone can agree with. And that is uh, maybe this piece of news shows us a good positive way forward because, hey, DC and Marvel have actually agreed on something recently. And that is they're agreeing to reprint 7000 copies of JLA Avengers, uh, the famous crossover to honor George Perez, the titan of the comic book industry, who is still unfortunately terminally ill. He's hung on a lot longer than everyone mm -hmm. thought he did, and uh, all the money that is going to be reaped from these 7,000 reprinted issues is going to be going to a charity called the Hero Collective, which is a charity that uh, Perez has basically you know, been a major patron of his yeah. entire life. So again, they're putting it to a good cause. This is also huge, too, because... DC and Marvel regularly never work together. They basically said that they were never going to reprint these stories ever again because yep. it was a whole minefield of who owned what in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, copyright and who should get paid what. Yep. And it's it's really sad that the only time in like the last 20, 30 years that these two companies are working together is because, you know, a guy everyone liked is dying. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad, but again, it's it's really good that they're doing this and I'm hope I'm going to try and get a pre-order of this. I'm trying to figure out where I can actually pre-order it here. Uh yeah. through comic book shops or something or whatever. Um it's because it's, it's only 7,000 copies, and I don't want any yeah. of them to get snatched. Oh, well, I know they're going to get snatched up by fucking by scalpers. scalpers. Yes, that's that's the other thing, too. It's like, why why only 7,000? That, yeah. that feels like something agreed to in a boardroom <coughs> by lawyers is mm -hmm. what that feels like. Because, yeah, like you said, you, you better pre-order now because, like, your local comic shop is going to maybe get one if you're lucky. Yeah, you know what it is? I reckon it was, like, 7,000 is, like... Like in in terms of like inking, binding, like all that sort of stuff, printing, like seven thousand was like the lowest. Like yeah, it's like this will only cost us, you know, five hundred grand or something, a thousand dollars or something. You know, what's the least amount of work we can put in because we're not going to be making any money from this. This is all just going to a charity. What's what looks good on our taxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going to look good on our taxes is what this looks like. But hey, it's a nice sentiment you know good for george perez good for the hero initiative and everything and here's hoping maybe in the future when this inevitably sells good because i can only imagine this is going to sell out great considering mm -hmm. that you know if you want to actually try collected versions of this online be it amazon or ebay it literally costs hundreds of dollars i think yep. one i saw in good condition was like 700 dollars. yeah it's 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 been out of print since 2005 yep 
yeah so it's so um yeah the copies i saw is, is like yeah for the floppies it's like like 300 each or something yeah it's yeah. some ridiculous amount it's ridiculously sought after and i don't think anyone thought it would be such a big deal but it ended up being a really big deal because mm-hmm. they refused to reprint them <laughs> yeah but yeah hey if anyone gets a hold of a copy tell us about it <laughs> If you're if you're one of those lucky one thousand or seven thousand who get the golden ticket, yeah. Uh, now moving on from there, uh, solicitations was this week, so we got a bunch of news on a bunch of new titles uh, that are starting, some that are coming to an end, and one of the more surprising titles that I heard about is actually a new Tom King project. And I know I don't normally say Tom King and excited in the same sentence anymore. <laughs> yes, yes, I hear Human Target is very good, and I'm actually planning on reading that Supergirl book that just ended because I know you spoke very highly mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I've got a uh, big story complete thing coming out on that soon. It looks good, and I definitely feel like it's up my alley. But the next big Tom King project, because Tom King never sleeps, he's always got something new happening, is going to be a reboot of Danger Street. And I'm sure some people are like, Danger Street? What the hell is Danger Street? <laughs> Tell them what it Danger- is, Joel. <laughs> Danger Street is like a really old, really weird, like, 70s anthology from dc that was all like crime based so it was like cops yep. and robbers in fact like i think one character is literally called lady cop yep. yeah and, and i think uh king confirmed she's in this as well i mean well you have to have lady cop you can't have a character called lady cop and not involve her somehow <laughs> but yeah this looks to be a return to that but also there's going to be like superheroes and stuff in it too so it's not just going to be like shit i like yeah so i also so what's the uh, like under uh, over under that like all the characters are going to be like depressed and Mm. like the women characters are just going to be based on his wife a wife yeah Yeah. i mean i mean chances are good but you know it's 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 danger you know they're all they're all feeling a lot of danger (laughs) which leads to a lot of sadness you see (laughs) that's that's the thing but legitimately, you know, I give Tom King a hard time and everything, even though by all account, he seems to be a genuinely nice individual from anyone who's ever talked to him. This this I like. This, I think, is him at his best. It is short to its point. It's mm-hmm. weird and kind of off to the side, which I think is where he thrives. Yeah, it's not a incontinuity event that you need to read to understand what's going on in comics at the moment. <laughs> I, I think DC figured out where the best place was for him. It's at Black Label doing yep. limited series. And also, hey, a black label book that's not about batman holy shit yeah that's fucking surprising you get extra points for that tom king for doing something that's not batman <laughs> hey, he'll probably be in it him and yeah, I mean, he, he also has another batman book coming out the killing hour which is like the sequel to his batman catwoman yeah. book and i'm like is that still going yeah well as i said that i i feel like those those uh, like the batman catwoman and the killing time they're just the arcs he would have written if he stayed on oh, yeah. batman that would have just been oh. the story for that 100 percent. i have not read word one on either of them no neither have i I know Batman got a new costume at some point with, like, really long, like, elbow-length black gloves. Yeah. That's something. (laughs) Duck saying, I actually own a lady cop book. Oh, really? (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) I I know I always see that stuff when I'm, like, looking through the long boxes at conventions. I'm like, (laughs) danger. I remember when DC did crime comics. Hold on to it, because it might be worth something in a couple of weeks. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, actually, Dog. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, when she shows up on a TV show or something. Yeah, the speculator market will go insane for this new character called Lady Cop. <laughs> I, I hate that the speculator market is back, but I also love <clears throat> that the speculator market is back because books that no one gave a shit about, like Lady Cop, like Peacemaker, are now being sold for thousands of dollars. So if you're that one person who held on to Fight <laughs> 5 issue number 4, you're like, one day. <laughs> this will pay, pay the, off the house. Yeah. Also makes me wish, too, that I actually bought more physical comics because I know I got Miss Marvel number one. I know I got Jane Foster Thor number one mm -hmm. before they became like big movie big TV ones, show yeah. crossover hits. And I'm like, damn, I could have flipped that for some money, couldn't I? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky. I'm uh, Hopefully that, that that superior Iron Man appears in Doctor Strange because I got the first issue of that signed by both Tom Taylor and Sarah nice. Pacelli. <laughs> And for people who are like, oh, how do I start speculating comics? Uh, you don't start speculating comics now. You start five years ago, <laughs> and then those books will be worth something now. <laughs> and never start speculating while speculating is big, because none of those books made any money. Look at every book from the 90s that wasn't worth shit. <laughs> yeah, look at how many Superman 75 issues are in, like, trade bins at the moment. <laughs> but be sure to buy Justice League 75, though, where we kill everyone. I'm sure that will be a big hit. <laughs> Seriously, come on, Joshua Williamson. Release bloody poly bags. Come on, bloody <laughs> do it. bags. Do it with the armbands. Do it. Do it. If, if Donny Cates can do temporary tattoos, <laughs> you should get to do that. I think everyone would very much agree. <laughs> That'll get me out to a store. I will fuck. I'll buy all of them. <laughs> I love bullshit like that. That's what comics needs. Comic needs to bring back more bullshit. Yes, yeah, like uh, in-page posters like shit like trading that trading cards yeah trading cards holofoil yep if i ever write a comic that's going to be my thing it's the first comic in 90 years it, with holofoil every page is an a fold out pull out poster yep. that's holofoil with trading cards there you go <laughs> jaden says uh he has an uh iron man issue with riri's first appearance yeah that'll be worth something too yeah yep yep yeah silk when silk eventually gets put into something at some point there mm -hmm. you go mm-hmm all these characters, I were there when they came out. I read them. I reviewed them. Why didn't I own a copy? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just don't know. Uh, now, moving on from there, uh, again, we were talking about indie comics. We were talking about comics with uh, fun gimmicks, and I know this guy loves fun gimmicks. Uh, Jason Inman, friend of the show, uh, he actually wanted to be on to tell everyone about this himself, but our schedules just didn't line up, and because he is a good friend of the show, I promised I'd uh, talk about this, and it's making big news all over the place. Uh, his brand new comic, Superhero Friend, which is basically like a Superman kind of pastiche, but told from like the uh, point of view of like the Jimmy Olsen character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who's, who's kind of like his like superhero publicist who ends up like accidentally uh, revealing his Superman's secret identity <laughs> when they're on stream. <laughs> it's it, it's very funny. Jason pitched me the whole idea last time he was here. It was really good. Uh, apparently, uh, they're going to get comic legend Dan Jurgens to actually do a variant cover, and this is That's huge. Yeah, because I don't think Jurgen does a lot of like Kickstarter variant covers no. so much to the point that like I saw Newsarama and everything talking about this and like, can you fucking believe this? Yeah, that's that's pretty fucking awesome. And similarly, can you fucking believe this? Can you believe a guy that uh, is on our show and like a guy who I could text and tweet at right now did this? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, so everyone go check that out. I'll be sure to leave a link in the description. I, I think the, the Kickstarter is still, I don't know if it's still going on or if it has just ended, 
but check it out and i'm sure jason will point you in the direction where you can check this out and read it yeah yeah so check that out and get this fun variant cover why don't you it, lo- it looks pretty cool yeah it is it's a good one i like it good good throwback obviously jurgens knows a thing or two about superman and that's kind of what they're doing here exactly yeah uh, also makes me think it's like why don't i kickstart a comic and i'm like that's a lot of work i gotta write it <laughs> And then get people to draw it and pay hey, them money hey man, I don't have. Hey man, if if Comicsgate can like kickstart stuff and not give anything and still keep the money, I'm sure you can. <laughs> For real. Well, Comic uh, Comic Uno, she's with like a whole company there. She's been on the show too. Uh, Comic Uno from mm-hmm. Comic Frontline. I don't know what this channel is called now because I know they went through a big rebrand there. She's kickstarted a couple comics. Now she lives in New York, so she can actually go to big comic stores and be like, "Hey, will you carry this?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we eventually make the comic multiverse comic. <laughs> I, should, I should just make the Dead Beast. I should just make Capes and Crooks into, like, an actual official thing. There you go. There you go. I thought of that, too. Like, even if I don't get a full... Well, I can't do it now because there's not conventions. I'm like, even if I don't make a full comic book, get, like, a mini comic book and, like, put those on my table. An Ashcan. Yeah. An Ashcan. Exactly. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to Ashcan Press, a.k.a. Matthew Rosenberg, because that is his Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> Which is such a, which is such a clever handle. I almost didn't get it right away. I'm like, oh, Ashcan Press, of course. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, moving on from there to another piece of news. Uh, George R. Martin, famously known as the man who is not writing the last song, writing everything Fire. but it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing Elden Ring. He's doing everything else. Apparently, uh, Marvel Comics has decided to give him another project to distract him. <laughs> Because they are resurrecting one of his old superhero IPs. I didn't even fucking know he did anything with superheroes. But the series is called Wild Cards, and it's coming back under Marvel. It's a science fiction superhero shared universe anthology series of novels uh, written and collected. I have no idea what Wild Cards is about, and I'm vamping for time so I can actually look and see what the fuck they're about. Yeah, well, just, like, going off the cover, it looks kind of interesting, because you got, like, cyborg private detectives and, like, guys in, like, pilot costumes and weird wizards. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I got the wiki up. Set in an alternate history post-World War II. Okay, that makes sense, given the pilot and shit. Uh, the series follows the events after an airborne alien virus is released over New York City in 1946. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds cool. Uh, eventually infects tens of thousands of people globally. The virus is designed to rewrite DNA. Oh, now we're getting into the conspiracy theory territory. <laughs> oh, no, right everyone's here. turning into lizards. <laughs> yeah, geez, well, why now? Why now is this the big idea to bring it back? Uh, developing as a bioweapon by a noble family on the planet Tarkas. Okay, so yeah, aliens involved. Uh, they take over Earth to test humans. Well, now this is sounding like the Inhumans. Uh, they're gi- genetically identical to people. Oh, we're doing one of those things where the aliens just look like people. Okay. Uh, alien crash landing. Each individual affects different people individually. Some of them are known as wild cards who gain random, unpredictable... Uh, this is uh, fucking Inhumans. <laughs> this sounds a lot like this Inhumans. This fucking Inhumans. <laughs> Yeah, they mutate. Oh, and there's a 9% of the wild card who are known as jokers who do develop minor or crippling physical condition and 1% as aces who remain human or mostly human in appearance but develop super abilities. Okay. Okay, that, that sounds pretty cool. Again, I'm, I'm a sucker for, you know, decks of cards and things and using that. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds like there's a lot going on, but it sounds pretty cool. 
Uh, apparently, the first book was published in '87. Oh wow! All the way back okay. then, and he's he's kind of been going back to it every so often. Hey, when did the first Inhuman story come out? '75. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a little like Inhumans. Did George R. R. Martin rip off the Inhumans? I don't know. <laughs> But yes, uh, if that sounded interesting at all to you, you can read all about it in comic form. And uh, this is what George R. R. Martin will be doing instead of finishing Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it, it sounds interesting. It does, actually. It sounds fairly cool. It does sound like one of those big-timey, pulp, science fictiony <laughs> deals that they don't quite make anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, say what you want about how Game of Thrones ended. George R. R. Martin does seem like a genuinely good writer with a lot yeah. of different disciplines. And this this seems like a much different take on him because it's not high fantasy. It's pulp science fiction superhero. Exactly, yeah. It'll be something huh. completely different than what we used to. I like the art style on this, too. Yeah, looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks cool. I like, I like fancy bard gambit in the background. <laughs> He's my favorite. <laughs> I bet he has a rich and interesting backstory. <laughs> which which sibling is he having sex with? <laughs> How much incest in little people can I expect in this, George? Those are my favorite things. <laughs> they're not called wild cards for nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, they're really wild. Oh, you don't even know how wild they are. <laughs> how much sex position can I expect where people tell me the whole story while their bits are out? <laughs> <laughs> Again, like, we make a joke about that, but, like, Game of Thrones was actually really good in putting character moments post-coitally. Yeah. I always remember Littlefinger when he so literally... That, that post-nut clarity, yeah. That post-nut <laughs> clarity, absolutely. Where Littlefinger breaks down, like, his entire character and raison d'etre in just a couple minutes while two people are having sex in front of him. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's a really amazing monologue, and I was not paying attention to any of it. <laughs> Because there was finger boobs. banging happening in boobs. front of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're an excellent actor. This is, you know, totally an Academy Award winning speech here. I will have to play this back later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's wild cards for you, everyone. Now, moving on from there to some news that surprised the shit. I mean, well, one surprised me, the other one didn't. But we got a bunch of DC solicits this week included, uh, a bunch of books that are going to be coming to an end. And apparently Suicide Squad and Titans Academy are both ending at issue 15. Suicide Squad makes sense since we've got that big Battle of Earth 3 event coming up. Yeah, there's going to be a big crossover. Uh, Titans Academy, I'm surprised it wasn't cancelled already. I basically thought it It didn't even make it a full year. No. <laughs> it didn't make it a full year. Sheridan, the writer, swears up and down that it was always supposed to just be 12 issues and he was done, but they actually talked him into coming back for a few more issues. Well, they still got to tell you who uh, Red X is. Red X. And they won't until issue 12, so it doesn't matter because the book's already <laughs> over by that point. <laughs> He also says the plan was always to reveal Red X in issue 12. I'm like, what the fuck was the point of that? To reveal him right at the end when you were done. Yeah, whatever. No one's going to use the character. I was sure to talk to other people. And I'm like, who's still reading this book? And even all the people who were still reading the book are like, yeah, I'm reading it, but I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> I'm reading it because I want to support Titans and it's just such a fucking chore. <laughs> 
Uh, Cosmic Reader helping us out again. Thank you, as always. Well, Wildcard seems like something for Disney Plus down the line. If that happens, I hope they don't mess up like HBO did with Game of Thrones. Ooh, interesting theory, Cosmic Reader. Yeah, imagine Disney Plus saying, hey, we got the new George R. R. Martin joint. Can Is that how it works? Just because, like, ma- like Marvel are just doing, like, comic adaptations Comics. of the novels. Does that mean, like, I'm- Disney now own them? I'm I'm assuming that George R. R. Martin probably owns full uh, rights yeah. to it and can decide, but maybe they're hoping it's going to be like a Conan thing where it's like, well, if we get in close with them, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And show that we're good and our parent company can be trusted and everything. Maybe that's a good way to grease the wheels down the line. The, the wild cards come into the Marvel Universe and oh, replace shit. the Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, hey, they're new, they're different, they're fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be sad to say goodbye to this incarnation of Suicide Squad, because honestly, I never thought anything could top the Taylor run previously, Mm -hmm. but this was pretty damn good in its own way. Every issue so far has been excellent. It's been solid, it's been entertaining, it introduced new movie equivalents to Peacemaker and Bloodsport, but also kind of spun them in their own direction and did their own thing with them and actually made them super interesting. Yeah, they weren't just like there for the synergy yeah this this was the best thing match has ever been in and holy shit what a twist with match it was a great twist wasn't it it was a great it's such a great twist with match i stop asking like hey how come connor isn't in other things oh yeah because match is here (laughs) what a what a wonderful fake out connor shows up for a second hi bye (laughs) hey connor shouldn't you be the new superman haven't you been at this longer than john yeah but you know you know (laughs) he's not the real son I'm not the real, so I'm the half-clone. Off off to other adventures. <laughs> I actually really hope Tom Taylor works Connor in at some point, because he's alive oh, he probably and will. on Earth. He probably will. He's doing the rounds at the moment with all the other heroes, like Wally and Nightwing and all that. I'm sure yeah. we'll get it, get to it. It's it's so weird. Connor exists and is there. It's just seeming that no one wants to write him for whatever <laughs> reason. Yeah, I, I know why, because it's like, yeah, but we're pushing John right now, and if we bring Connor in, it muddies the waters. Yeah, yeah. We just hope if we keep him away long enough, people will forget. We used to keep him away forever. (laughs) He used to never be around. (laughs) But yeah, sad to see Titans go. Or uh, No, it makes sense the Titans is going. It's sad to see Suicide Squad go. I hope that big crossover, like we said, with Earth 3 and everything else, uh, ends it on a good note. Yeah, it will probably end this iteration of the team and we'll get something else after it. Oh, yeah. A new Suicide Squad. Yeah, because Suicide Squads is one of those books that is just endlessly refreshable. Like, Mm -hmm. it will not be gone. In fact, I'm going to make a crazy bet right now, Matt. Five bucks says when they bring the book back, they bring it back as Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I can see that. Or they just give Peacemaker an ongoing because he is just such a big book He becomes the the leader of the team, like the, uh, the guy running it. Or something like that. I imagine that's what they're going to try and do with it. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's that news, everyone. Uh, there are some cancellations coming your way. Uh, moving on from there, we got uh, some new stuff spinning out of the Spider-Man book right now. Obviously, by October, uh, Spider-Man Beyond will be in the rearview mirror. And we got something new to look forward to, and that is the Spider-Smasher. Who is the Spider-Smasher, Matt? Who I don't know. It's prob- probably Ben Riley. 
a lot of people have jumped to that conclusion that's like this is what becomes of Ben because he's having basically a full-on mental breakdown currently uh-huh. because of what Beyond is doing to him and wouldn't yep. this just be the final insult turning him into some sort of unstoppable super weapon yeah I I imagine this is what's going to happen I imagine this is what's going to happen when he realizes like ah fuck Spider-Man I'll be yeah. I'll be the spider smasher <laughs> Yeah, man, what a can we just what a fucking costume. So he's got like a mask that looks like a ton of eyes, a hooded long coat, a gun arm, and two big spiky like spider arms. Yeah, it looks great. It's it's so 90s, isn't it? <laughs> and also too with a name like Spider Smasher. Obviously my mind goes to Spider Slayer and thinking like, ooh, or is, you know, Alistair Smythe coming back and is this his big new idea? Yeah, I could see that too. Smythe has been dead for a long time. Uh, they killed him really early on in Superior Spider-Man and he stayed dead. Yeah, yeah, he did. In fact, uh, Smythe as the Spider Slayer actually did have kind of like stabby tentacles uh, similar mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think it either is him or someone related to him. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to be my crazy theory. So there you go, everyone. By October, Peter will be back in the saddle and we'll have the Spider Smasher. <laughs> it, it's also assumedly Zeb Wells writing this, too, and Zeb Wells is a funny guy and a comedian, so it might also just be a total joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be Peter like, oh, I need to become the Spider Smasher now because of something. <laughs> <laughs> this is really in right now. Yeah, it's, it's a joke character. It's like, it's it's uh, Boomerang's new identity. <laughs> Uh, someone had an idea, too, there in the chat saying, hey, is this related to what's going on in the Miles book? Yeah, apparently Zeb Wells is going to be doing some more crossover between those books because, uh, what is it, the the exce- uh, Assessor. Assessor, who's yeah. Kind of, who's kind of been solid in amidst big, like, overarching villain for his entire time on the mm-hmm. Miles' book. Uh, a lot of people are assuming that this might actually be a creation with him and Peter might actually end up getting involved with that story. I can see that, yeah, because the last time, at least I saw Wiles in the Amazing Spider-Man book, he was le- he left that team up with Ben yeah. to go deal with the Assessor because he thought like that tree thing they yeah, thought I... was like part of the Assessor's whole deal. Yeah, and Assessor's deal is that he kidnapped Miles to try and basically mm-hmm. learn all the secrets of Spider-Dumb and everything and what yeah. made them tick. Yeah. It- also implied that maybe he knows about what the ultimate universe is and why that's important and that maybe he's looking at other ultimate characters because he gives miles a number designation implying that he's not the only one yeah do we know who the assessor is like have we seen them seen this Uh, face well yeah they're like weird he's like a weird gaunt like slender man dude in a business suit okay i was thought i was thinking maybe it was someone from that earth maybe well here's the thing i think we only see him as holograms i don't think we've ever seen him like in person okay also too hey uh, maxine danger she was talking to the beyond board and they wore very similar suits actually Hmm. which makes me think huh because we know beyond deals with other earths and everything Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be a twist assessor actually works for beyond or is the secret head of beyond that'd be pretty cool that would be a hell of a way to tie all the books together, actually. So there's mm. there's our crazy pie-in-the-sky theory. Cool. I like the Assessor. He's creepy, and his goals are, like, weird and unknowable. He sounds pretty good. Yeah. He is, yeah. He, well, he, he was involved in that clone story, too, Miles' okay. clone story, because he, he made them and tried to train them to be, like, his spider assassins, but they broke out. Okay, yeah. 
So maybe this is his next step. Maybe he's like, all right, clones are out, robots are in. <laughs> if it was good enough for Spider Slayers and Alistair Smythe, it's good enough <laughs> for me, I guess. <laughs> Uh, now, moving on from there to our final story of the week. Uh, hey, guess what? We're getting a new Batman book. We are, yeah. We're getting a new Batman book. It's called Batman Fortress, and it's by Star Wars Rogue One writer Gary Witta. Yeah, yeah. I, again, another fucking Batman book, but then they put on, like, the best artists and the best writers. <laughs> That's that's the problem. We can talk forever about Batman fatigue and how much like oh god damn it I don't need another Batman book. Then they give you this, and then you're like, okay, maybe just one more. <laughs> we're we're all horrible Batman junkies who say we're gonna get clean. This is our this is our last one. This is the last hit, motherfucker. I'm clean after this. <laughs> and we just go back for one more sweet sweet hit of that Dark Knight, and it starts all over again. <laughs> And they know this, the comic companies, and they play on our addiction. <laughs> so this story looks to be uh, Superman goes away and Batman has to defend the Earth from invading aliens via the Fortress of Solitude, which is why it's called Batman Fortress. Yeah, sound, sounds pretty cool. And uh, I'm glad it's not just like, yeah, you know, another origin story. Or mm. Another, he's fighting Joker or he's fighting no. Killer Croc or something. Sounds yeah. like it's something actually cool. It sounds like something, doesn't it? It sounds like a lot, like um, uh, like Justice League Last Ride or something. Very much so, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. So there's all your news for this week, everyone. That's fit to print. Everything we got coming down the pipeline, and with that, I guess we can cross on over and talk about what we read this week. And I actually, I read most of my new books this week. I didn't get to Thor, and I didn't get to Hulk because I'm too behind on those. But I'm hoping to maybe power through those tomorrow, just so I'm all caught up. Yeah, I got, I got to, uh, I got to Thor, and we'll talk about that. Lucky. All right. Uh, uh, again, you, you mentioned Batman origin story, so fuck it, let's start with there. I read Batman the Night, issue number two this week from Chip Zdarsky. Tell me how it is. I've got, I'm actually going to do issues one and two this week sometime, because you've you been know singing what? its praises. I loved that first issue, really in spite of myself, because I was like, oh god, another Batman origin story. I bet they only did this because the Batman is coming out and it's stylistically the same. Uh, that first issue blew me away. This second issue is even better. Oh, wow, really? Yes, I I am in shock at how good it actually is. I'm just like, Chip Zdarsky, <laughs> you madman, you did it again. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. They do all these Batman books that are like cookie-cutter origin stories mm -hmm. where they're like, here's Chip Zdarsky doing this. Here's, here's Gary Witter, here's, here's Jock, here's all these yep. really fucking great writers and artists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, like, this is so good, I'm like, damn it, if this can stick the landing in the next couple issues, this will be my new, like, high point for Batman origin stories. Ooh, interesting. So, it's Batman in France, he's finally decided to travel the world to begin his quest and everything after defeating Hugo Strange. Uh, he hasn't told Alfred, because Alfred okay. didn't want him to go, and he's like, if I told Alfred where I was going, he would hunt me down. Okay, okay. So I'm just not going to do it. And he's like, I I'm trying to train with all the best in the world. But the problem with that is that people who advertise online calling themselves at the best in the world and anything usually suck ass. <laughs> so, like, I defeated my fencing master in France in, like, one day. And now I don't know what the hell I'm going to do anymore. <laughs> So Batman's literally, like, going out in the streets of Paris at night, jumping on rooftops, basically looking for crime and to get into fights. Uh -huh. 
and he ends up finding a very fancy apartment getting robbed by a very elegant older lady thief calling herself the Grey Shadow. Okay. So basically kind of a proto-Catwoman, and this lady basically, like, makes a mockery of young Bruce. She, like, goes right through him, she throws knives at him, and she's like, you're out of your fucking league, kid. Get out of my goddamn face. <laughs> but the next day, she hunts him down at the cafe, and she is just, like, so, like, amazed about this American kid with perfect French who is so unafraid, and she's like, look, kid, I tell you what, you, you, you want to be a vigilante? Well, guess what? That's going to mean you're going to be a criminal. So <laughs> how about you study with me and learn how to be a criminal? Okay. And there is this very interesting bit of Oedipal sexual tension between these two. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because And it's such an interesting twist, too, because it's like, oh, yeah, usually whenever Batman gets a new mentor, it's always about him trying to replace a father figure yeah, with yeah. Rachel Ghoul or Henry Ducard or Zatara or everything. Here it's him trying to replace a mother figure. A mother, yeah. That's quite interesting. They've never done it before, and I'm like, God damn it, Zdarsky, that's so fucking smart. <laughs> that's so good, yeah. And so she <clears throat> teaches him, like, how to break locks and how to, like, uh, crack safes and everything. That's cool, yeah. And then you're thinking to yourself, but wait, I thought Henry Ducard was his French teacher. Well, Henry Ducard's in the book, too. Henry Ducard is trying to track down a serial killer called the Foundling who slays entire families but leaves one kid alive. And it's like, oh... Kind of like what happened to Bruce, huh? Being the mm -hmm. last kid alive. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the oil baron that Grey Shadow and Bruce are trying to steal from not only has a great jewelry box collection, but also, oh, what's that? Human teeth in the bottom. Okay. Oh, fan yeah, whatever, what everyone has, you know? Yeah. So that guy's the serial killer, and Ducard is trying to catch the killer, but ends up having to try and catch them, and it's this whole big thing. Cool, cool. It's great, too, because it has a moment we never have either where that is it's Bruce figuring it out what his morality is going to be as Batman. And he's like, OK, so I've hung out with this thief for a bit. She only cares about money because she came from nothing. I'm an ultra rich D-bag who never had to worry about money in my life. So I don't really understand the meaning of a dollar to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when I become Batman, I'm not going to spend my nights going after thieves who only rob from people who have insurance. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Very. I'm like, wow, we've never seen that with Batman, him actually, like, fleshing out what his vigilante morality is. It, it also sounds like, from what you're explaining about, like, him learning from the criminals, that also adds to, like, his whole, like, uh, how he knows, like, criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. Yeah. Of course he fucking knows that. He's, he's, like, trained as a criminal. And she is super superstitious. Yeah, yeah. That's so fucking and good. So it all adds up. It's like, oh, so it means when Batman's talking about the criminal mind, he's not, like, talking shit like an outsider looking in. He yeah, knows. Yeah. He, yeah, he was a criminal. <laughs> he was there. He knew it. Uh, Captain Coon helping us out. I'm five minutes late on the Joe Titans Academy, a book that answers a question from 20-year-old TV show that won't match the show or matter to comics. Yep. You <laughs> nailed it, Captain yeah. Coon. There you go. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Put, put that one on the dust jacket. <laughs> An answer that you won't care about all these years <laughs> later. We we got to do the Red X arc on, uh, what is it, Retro Hero Video at some point. Yeah, I mean, that, oh, you mean the cartoon? Yeah. I was going to say, because I ain't fucking reading that comic. There's two fucking no, 15 issues. God damn it. You know, you know we'll do the two episodes because it's only two, and then I'll read a synopsis of the comic. Yeah, we'll, we'll read that last issue, that issue 12 where it's revealed just to see how it'll, like, 
tracks. <laughs> How put you? Well, I, I think someone was explained to me there's actually two because there was a Red X before the Red X that is now. So there's yeah. Actually I think I remember. I think I remember like when I when I was reading the book. Yeah, that was a thing where there was like there there could be two Red Xs. They were doing like the whole scream Ghostface killers sort Barry. of thing. Yeah, because Dick very much says when they said, "Oh, who's Red X?" Like it doesn't matter. He's dead. Yeah. But yeah, so whatever. But yeah, we'll we'll cover that at some point. But that's Batman the Night. God damn, it's good. <laughs> it's it sounds very cool. It's incredibly cool, and it's like I almost didn't read it because I'm like, fuck another Batman origin story. But now I'm glad I did because it's like an early runner for one of my favorites of the year so far. <laughs> God damn, Jip Zdarsky. <laughs> you did you did it again, Zdarsky. <laughs> And also, too, like only two issues in, I'm like, well, where are we going to go from here? Are we going to see him hang out with Raish? Are we going to see him hang out with Zatara or any of these other teachers? Because Grey Shadow obviously isn't one of his original trainers. It's a new character they've yeah, created. Yeah. Or are we going to see more new characters? Yeah, we could even get like a time jump where to, to like when he is like, I mean, just about to become Batman or his first night or something. True enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm about it. I like it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, where, where would you like to go, Matt, as we continue? Uh, I had Nightwing issue 88. Yes, uh, the first part of the World's Finest Sons crossover. Yeah, it was pretty fucking good. It was, wasn't it? This one went a lot of places I was really not expecting. Uh, alike, obviously, because Tom Taylor is writing both books, we get a ton of storylines crossing past there. <laughs> the Rising, apparently, you know, the agents of Gamora are going after other superpowered individuals. Yes, like Risk. Everyone in my yes. comment section was getting mad at that. Oh, yeah. That like, really, Risk? Risk? Really, Risk? You're getting mad <laughs> that Risk died again? <laughs> I don't know if you people have noticed, but the only time they bring up Dan Jurgen's forgotten all-original Teen Titans team is so they can kill them. Kill them. They <laughs> They did it with Johto in Heroes in Crisis, and they're yeah. doing it with Risk now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if you like any of those other Titans, I'm just saying form a protective wall around them right now because someone's coming <laughs> to kill them. They, uh, they they don't say it in the book, but it makes a lot of sense where it's like, oh, yeah, Henry <clears throat> Bendix wants to replace superheroes with his, like, drone superhero army, mm -hmm. so he's, like, killing off all the D-listers so he can fill their void. Yeah, fill the gaps in and everything with his own she controlled people killing the competition uh we also discover this issue that dick with his newfound billions of dollars is actually the one funding jay nakamura and the truth and i'm like oh yeah. well, that makes a lot of sense why didn't i yeah. think about that it makes a lot of sense i like the joke that jay did at the beginning where it's like oh lex luther and I'm like <laughs> I, it, it legit got me as well as like how Same. it got john i'm like oh what a twist and like can you but can you imagine if that was actually the twist this is oh, like lex getting back at at bendix <laughs> Yeah, or getting back at other billionaires who aren't him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, sticking it to, like, uh, Superman. Yeah, and all those other guys. Like, I can do your job better than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that almost feels like Taylor having fun, too. Like, so many people have jumped to the conclusion that Jay must be evil for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they, so he just decided to have some fun with them and be like, yeah. ah, I got you. You yeah. thought it was true, didn't fuck, it? Fuck around with them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little, little fucked up that so many people think that this new gay character is evil. Hey, well, I mean, I thought he might have been ultra-humanite just because of all the, like, it was, like, kind of... There were, there were parts in those stories that made, made it seem like it was. It wasn't just me thinking, ah, oh, he's evil because pink hair. He's, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, the continuity of those stories is a little like, eh, but if it did end up being ultra-humanite, that would actually be kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't think it is now because they brought up the whole stuff with his mom yeah. and everything. So yeah, yeah. Seems unlikely now. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a cool story. Uh, I love how Dick turns his meeting John out of costume into a teachable moment where he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I knew it was you. I recognized your voice. You don't have two superhero voices yet. You need to do that. Yeah, it's not just about the mask. It's about the voice and the way you carry yourself and everything. And Which cause I jo- love. Because John has never had to have a secret identity. No. He's like superman all the time every time he tries to have a secret identity it ends up getting ruined for him which is kind of the running theme of his book yeah it's great yeah i like that and then john shows that he's actually a pretty good detective too because he's able to riddle out that whoever killed risk never touched the ground and never left any fingerprints i i loved that moment where like dick's teaching him some some like detective work stuff and and because like he's superman he's basically like a walking like csi Mm -hmm. like set up where he's got the x-ray vision and all that sort of stuff so he can like pick up on all that sort of stuff and he's learning to do that mm-hmm. it's great to be reminded too that like yeah before superman left he went to dick of all people and said hey please watch mm-hmm. after my son because you know better than just about anyone else what it means to be the son of a major superhero and live in the mm-hmm. shadow and feel like you need to pick up the slack yep you're you're the guy you're the best of us dick basically yeah yeah and as i said in when we talked about uh the last son of kelly el issue when he's been teaming up with all of these newer he like he teamed up with a new aquaman and he's teaming up with nightwing here uh i like that there's there's no ego there's no, no like like uh dick's not telling him this is his town so he's 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 got to mm. deal with it himself he can deal with it himself because that was a titan that was killed and yeah all that sort of stuff whereas like i could see that happening if it was like batman and superman absolutely uh captain kuhn helping us out again i think it's more that people are mad they killed another titans member it being risk is a coincidence than a factor yeah i guess they do kill a lot of teen titans members just for shits and giggles at dc don't they uh, it's pretty funny it's pretty funny yeah <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, they killed a member from the worst version of the team that no one ever talks about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the fact that, like, anyone knows about that character means that you gotta be, like, a super comic fan. Yeah, I'm sure, like, a lot of people actually found out he was a Titan in this issue. <laughs> I, I guess, too, it's because, like, they drowned him. Like, he had the most, like, unheroic death. He <laughs> yeah. gets drowned. Yeah. I'm invulnerable. You can't hurt me. Yeah, but you gotta breathe, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up <laughs> i i do like dick's little speech there where it's like yeah i didn't know risk but he was a titan and you know once a titan always a titan we gotta watch out for each other yeah yeah that was that was all right uh i had spider-man this week Ooh, what's going on in spider-man uh peter against everyone's uh best judgment ends up getting back into the field because he's the only one who can save uh mary jane and black cat from the new queen goblin Mm -hmm. who apparently she has many many powers okay uh she apparently i guess because she was a psychiatrist she can do the goblin gaze on you (laughs) which makes like all your like worst feelings and mental issues come to the surface (laughs) so it's like the penance stare but like a little bit like uh a therapist's worst nightmare (laughs) Yeah, so, like, for Mary Jane, she feels like a failure because she failed (laughs) as a club owner and an actress and a model and Iron Man's assistant. They, like, listed every job that Mary Jane has had. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck me, that is a lot of jobs. And then she does the same thing to Black Cat, who also feels like a failure as a daughter and a crime boss and a supervillain and a girlfriend and everything else. I'm like, so does everyone just feel like a failure in their own mind? (laughs) 
what a what a cool power that seems less interesting when you used it on yeah. two completely different people and they had the same reaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just once, I want to be a character to be like, ah, I'm obsessive compulsive. I, I, I want did, them I to did. use it on someone, and, and it's like because they they've they they don't give a fuck they're just like oh i've never failed at anything <laughs> you, you do it to the punisher they're like ah, oh, yeah. you let your family die i know <laughs> yeah he's like oh, i gotta well, what do, what do we do now you, you killed those people yes i i enjoyed it <laughs> yes i'm gonna keep doing it <laughs> i'm gonna kill you in a minute <laughs> who was that character that uh ghost rider tried to do the penance stare and it didn't work oh i think was it thanos i think it might have been thanos i think yeah Th- thanos yeah yeah, he used it on Thanos, just like, feel the horrors of all the lives you've destroyed. And Thanos is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do it again. I love it. <laughs> I'm a sick puppy. I'm all fucked up in purple. <laughs> and Ghost Rider was just really dejected, like, shit, that didn't go the way I thought. <laughs> that was it's kind of weird. This is yeah, a little weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird that you're into it. I don't like that you're into it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically the long and short of the issue. And, you know, Spider-Man, he's getting back into it, even though he's clearly not ready. He's still only at 70%, but, uh, it was actually Janie who was the deciding factor because Janie knows that Peter is the only one who can save Ben. Okay. And, you know, because he is just as much a victim now of beyond as anybody. Yeah. Right. Okay. Which I kind of like that, where it's like, oh, so it's going to be, it's obviously going to be a fight between Peter and Ben, because mm-hmm. that's how these stories always yeah. go. But they're not fighting for stupid reasons, it's Peter is fighting to try and save yeah, Ben. Yeah, that, that's cool. That, 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 I like that, what they've been doing with with Ben, this like slow descent into, like I guess, madness. madness. Yeah, It's, it's a good great. way to build sympathy for him, too, where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah he... he he, he thought he could handle it, but then he got really in over his head. Yeah, yeah, he, he got fucked with too much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe I'm sure we'll get a moment where maybe Peter has to, like, go into his mind and has to repair those core memories of Uncle Ben and everything that make him who he is. Either that or uh, Peter's going to become his Uncle Ben. Oh, I like that. And teach him yeah. with great power comes great responsibility. I like yeah. that too, that he has to teach the lesson. Yeah. That's fun, actually. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm about that. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? Uh, I had Thor issue 22. Ah, uh, yes. I'm too behind on this, but I know there was a lot of shit happening with hammers and uh, everything else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the hammer's been possessed by a man, Gog, and uh it's fucking up everything everything and uh this issue beta ray bill rallies like the avengers and a bunch of other asgardians and everything Ooh, to come nice. and uh fight against the hammer and they're immediately like not killed but like beaten um yeah, gog's kind of a kind of a big deal yeah well thor is and thor at the moment is he's like trying to contact uh his mother gaia and ta- he taps into her power and uses her oh. power to end up trapping the hammer in like a energy tornado thing that nothing on earth can ever like get out of. And because the hammer is made of like a metal and mineral, it can't breach it. That's crazy because that's a callback to Empire. Mm-hmm. And the yep. fact that Thor found out that his mother was, like, actually Gaia, Mother yep. Earth, and everything. Yeah. In a book that never got printed, but was very important <laughs> to the end of Empire. Yeah. And also, they're kind of fucked with it again by saying, well, actually, you know, maybe the Phoenix was his mom. Yeah, I, I think that was all just, like, a fuck, like, fuck around in his head sort of thing. 
very unless the phoenix was mother earth in which case that would be interesting <laughs> that'd be quite interesting yeah i guess we don't know because we never read that book no, so we won't no. know because it never got made no no so he's using this power to like keep uh uh the hammer and mangog at bay and he he's approached by his father and his father finally has that moment where he realizes like everything he's done wrong because the hammer has been revealing that like ever since it became possessed by mangog it started to unravel all of um odin's other toys because it hated being oh, it hated right. being the mother storm trapped in a hammer being used as basically a toy a weapon oh smart so, okay wow we're tying several yeah. things together so now. so we learned that the hammer was responsible for freeing donald blake um, oh holy shit yeah it's the one that like broke down the walls well well um thor was in the king's sleep it left oh. and, and broke down the walls um and we learn it's been trying to unravel everything else that Odin has created, including Thor, because Thor oh, is his son. So, so maybe Thor wasn't a bad king like he thought it was. No. It was all the hammer yeah. fucking with him from the background. Oh, that's clever. Thor's greatest enemy was the hammer. Yeah, and we find out that Odin, and Odin in this moment of clarity, he says that like he's held his power back because he wanted that another chance to be strong and that other chance to get back with Freya and fix his life and marriage. Aww. And we find out that he has actually never gave up his full Odin force power. He'd only mm. gave a little bit to Thor so he could keep mm. it for himself and selfishly. And we find out in this issue, yeah, it makes sense for him to give, give that power back. He must die. And that's what he does. This issue oh, Odin shit. dies and passes the power of the all father onto Thor uh -huh. And Thor ends up, he gets like an armor like his father that's got like the Ooh. big Thor symbol on it and everything. And he now is, has the full all father power. Holy shit. And he has like a giant fucking sword and everything. It looks fucking nice. awesome. Yes, I think I saw that picture actually and it looked pretty dope. It looked, yeah. it's very Donny Cates. Donny Cates <laughs> loves giant swords yeah. in case you didn't know. And the hammer's pretty worried about that. And I oh, guess really? because it's it's stronger than it's the power that sealed it away. So mm. yeah, it's pretty worried about that. And then the God of Hammers uh, storyline finishes up next issue, I think. Oh, holy shit! That sounds really good. Yeah, sounds like Kate's is going he's, from strength to strength. He, in this he's, book. he's tying it all together. He's tying. He it really all together. is tying together shit that i never even considered he's tying together the mangog stuff from the Aaron years he's tying mm -hmm. together the empire mother nature stuff yeah we got all that stuff with the uh with uh null and all that all the stuff that's coming up with the thanos and the infinity gems and the mjolnir yeah and yeah all that stuff i keep meaning to make that video one day the the one long story that donny <laughs> cates has been telling oh man that'll be like a seven hour video <laughs> To be like, yeah, has, all of his series have basically fed into the one big meta story about Thanos winning in the end of the world. I know uh, Sal over at Comic Pop, they did like a new Donny Cates video like every, uh, er, er, like once a week for this whole month now. Mm -hmm. And I think I think like they're very close to figuring it out. Like, oh yeah, these are all connected, aren't they? <laughs> That'll be a great moment to catch on camera where they figure it out that it's, oh my God, it's all there. It's all, it's all one thing. It all goes back to freaking Thanos win. <laughs> uh now what else was this week uh oh i guess from one crazy book to another there uh i had venom from al ewing oh what's been happening in venom a lot actually and nothing at the same time it's actually very i i, I don't think i get this book anymore <laughs> 
so like the last several issues have all been about Dylan trying to get on without his father and everything and try and make peace with the symbiote. Mm -hmm. This issue, we actually get to check back in with Eddie where he went because, you know, he he left his physical body as the king in black. You know, he ascended and he went to a place called the Time Garden. Okay. And the Time Garden is the creation of another king in black called Meridius. Okay. From some point in the future, apparently the Time Garden is like the final resting places for kings in black when they unlock their time travel power and they ascend to a higher level. And it's a realm made up entirely of dormant sleeping symbiotes. Okay, so it's like their Valhalla. A little bit. It's like their Valhalla. It's like their old folks' home and everything. And Eddie's like, I, I don't get it. I thought I beaten all. I thought I did all of this. It's like, yeah, you did. But just because you're the king in black now doesn't mean you'll be the king in black forever. Yeah, yeah. Again, there are people who come here after you and everything. And we see that Meridius, he, again, because he's like this god type dude who can see like every edge of time. And he's moving Eddie and his son like chess pieces because he actually wants to be Venom. Okay. But I don't know why he wants to be Venom. Because he wants to be extreme and cool. I I guess. And so, like, we actually see the events of the first two books. But from Meridius's point of view, we see where he kind of became a fake Eddie to try and get Dylan to bond with the suit. But that didn't happen because Eddie was able to call his son and get him out of the house. Which means at some point in the future, Eddie will escape the Time Garden and escape Meridius. Mm -hmm. But Meridius doesn't even know when that's going to happen yet because this is one of those time travel stories where everything is happening at once yeah yeah and then yeah that's that's the story and i'm like man this is maybe the most complex a venom book has ever been (laughs) it sounds like it yeah it really is and also we see bedlam again who we thought was the main evil symbiote guy but apparently he's not apparently meridius has been like framing bedlam okay okay because Meridius doesn't want Eddie to know what he's doing, and so mm-hmm. far he doesn't. Yep. And also he can leave the garden, but maybe he can't leave the garden. It's it's very strange. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit of a fucking mind bender, I tell you. <laughs> but it's it's you know it's just interesting enough to be like, okay, I guess I'll come back next time because I want to see if any of this will make sense. I, I yeah, I got to catch up on that book because I really like those first two issues. They were really good. I liked the Dylan-centric stuff because it's like, oh, yeah, Dylan trying to get along with the symbiote. It's like, you know, a kid trying to get along with a step-parent who becomes their guardian after their real parent dies. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the Ram V stuff. This whole time travel mind-bendy stuff is clearly the Ewing stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is totally Ewing's, like, big out there galaxy brain idea for Venom. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, well, if you're a part of a hive mind, that means your mind can be ascended to a higher level. And if your mind can exist outside of time itself, (laughs) then what does that mean? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Also, thank you, Ken Dog. I beg your pardon. I never promised you a time garden. That's pretty fucking good. (laughs) Not everyone gets that one, but I get that one. I never promised you a time garden. (laughs) Man, I hope that's the next issue. (coughs) Uh, What else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had Fantastic Four issue 40. Ah, yes, the Reckoning War continues. Yeah, this is uh, the big first part of the Reckoning War, and uh, Reed is uh, going god mode here. (laughs) Um, He's got, like, all of the, the knowledge of the Watcher after putting that thing on his head. 
and uh, he's using it to combat the 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 Badoon. But what we find out is that the Badoon are just like a very very small percentage of what is actually going on because. The entire galaxy is being invaded by all of these warlike races that got all the weapons from the Reckoning, which mm. were Watcher technology. So, like, the Shi'ar are getting invaded, and Spire is suffering an annihilation wave, and just, just chaos fucking everywhere. And the heroes don't really know what to do, and they just want to, like, sort everything out and, just, like, take the fight to the Reckoning. But Reed's like, nah, that's a fucking stupid idea. I know what's going to happen because I've got, like, the, the knowledge. Uh, so they, so he's like coordinating with all the different heroes and like, he's telling like Captain America to attack here and Iron Man to attack here and Captain America to give Vance Astrovic his shield because the Badoons <laughs> share a psychological memory of when Vance Astro takes the shield up against them in the future. So oh, like, that's clever. So like just seeing him with the shield, like triggers them and like scares that's, them. That's good Dan Slot right there. That's yeah. Dan Slot remembering shit. Yeah. Uh, and Jennifer, uh, She-Hulk, she, she lets Reed know that she's part of this cause she's seen this in the future. Uh, oh, yes. so she's part of this and reed figures yeah she probably will be part of this you're going to be a really important part of this so come to the uh baxter building and they come to the baxter building jo johnny wants to go off and save the spire since that's sky's homeworld. that's like his mm. he's like on again off again girlfriend and because they're going again, through more an, dance lot deep cuts they're going through a uh, annihilation wave but reed doesn't want to do that he's like eh, it's inconsequential i've higher insight fuck them they you know don't need to worry about them but uh I'm big brain read now johnny takes off and johnny's extra upset because he's currently overpowered thanks to what dr doom did to him he like oh. uh hit him with like cosmic rays and it like upped his power level but in doing so he has to stay in like a containment suit to stop mm. from like blowing up the entire earth and he figures with reed with this new knowledge he could cure him and reed's like i could cure you but that would reduce your power and we need all your power now because mm. you're like our biggest weapon so i'm not going to cure you now <laughs> so yeah, johnny right. johnny's extra upset so he leaves earth to go help out sky uh and so uh jack of hearts is then recruited to the fantastic four. Oh yeah jack of hearts <laughs> is in this story too uh reed decides to change their costumes back to their classic 60s costumes because Naturally. it'll calm people down because it's something they know and see so it'll calm the people of new york down uh he That's ends also up clearly what this story is is a big nostalgia yeah, fest yeah. so why not yeah yeah uh meanwhile dr doom has broken into like some facility that's holding like omega level weapons <laughs> and he finds a weapon that's apparently going to save everyone it's like something that has to be kept one second out of sync with the timeline oh and he we only get like one page of him he like grabs the weapons like ah doom can save everyone because it's doom and doom is <laughs> can do all, everything doom uh, is the best yeah uh reed decides where they're going to fight this battle and that is they're going to go and help the shia because they need the imperial guard mm. they head to the imperial guard and they find the imperial guard have already been obliterated by oh no these beings that they think might be hulks oh because they're like these big green like warrior like races they they mistake them for hulks but um john uh, not johnny uh ben actually knows who they are and they know one of them is named rapture and it's he he knows that because that is the woman he saw destroying the universe in like the future he was shown back in like fantastic four issue 20 
of Slot's wow. run. Yeah. So and they and the issue ends with them having to fight these uh, Rapture and her people who might be Hulks, might not be Hulks. We're not too sure. We don't know. It sounds like there's a lot going on. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the, this issue was a uh, was a uh, text heavy. I should say very sure exposition like heavy. It. Yeah. And yet also sounds very much like a Fantastic Four story. Oh, it's super fun. It's super fun watching Reed sort out all these problems with, like, this higher-level intellect. And then <laughs> it's, like, eating away at his um, at his actual mind and everything, and he's got right. to deal with that and all that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. He's, he's, he's so smart now, he's finally smart enough to watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> he's, got that ca- he's got the card now that allows him to access it, yeah. Finally, I have the full <laughs> intellect needed. <laughs> this is what this has all been building to, Sue. <laughs> this is that's that's the only he doesn't care about some more. He does he's only saving the world, so there'll be more Rick and Morty. So there'll be more pickle Rick. That's what it's all about. <laughs> you see, everyone, when we eventually uh, when someone cuts together the best of for this year, that's a joke that's going to be on there. I just know it. <laughs> Uh, what else did I have this week? Ooh, I had Detective Comics 1053. Ooh, I have, I'm reading this tonight. What what goes on in, in here? I'll, uh, I'll keep it brief then, but uh, oh, oh, more Dr. Ware shenanigans. <laughs> oh no, is he getting himself in deeper? <laughs> oh, you better believe he is. He's getting so deep. Uh, Eric helping us out there. So Al Ewing in a lot of his books has uh, outed established characters. Any guesses if he might in his Venom book? Any possibility who? Huh, I don't know. I never thought about that, actually. I mean, the book is kind of small right now in terms of cast, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like just like Venom. It's like Eddie, Dylan, and like Venom. The symbiotes. Uh, I guess Liz Allen came back. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the, I guess, and Carlton Drake. Yeah, that's about it. I don't know. Tough question. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, so Dr. Ware is getting himself, oh, in so much trouble. Uh, the party crashers got arrested thanks to the Bat family last issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, now the ones that didn't get arrested are saying that Ware has to pay their bail. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's got to come up with 20 grand he's got to pull out of his ass. And because he doesn't have that kind of money, he decides to go and get a loan from the Penguin. <laughs> And the penguin still wants to kill him because he's still waiting for that other half shipment of drugs he hasn't brought him yet. <laughs> so he is very literally robbing Peter to pay Paul. And on top of all of this, uh, one of you know the nurses who works for him is threatening him with cell phone video she took of the riot. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. So now he's got to also talk to the other party crashers to go and shut her up. <laughs> Fuck it out. Even though he owes them money, and even though uh, their leader's like, I never liked you, Ware. I only liked you because you got us drugs, and now that you're not getting us drugs, why shouldn't I kill you right now? (laughs) That's fucking great. Oh, yeah. Uh... Uh, Dr. Ware is easily one of my favorite new characters in DC. Just just this schlubby loser con man who keeps ping-ponging back and forth between people Uh, who want him dead. I'd I'd love to see a story... (laughs) Uh, kind of the same concept of this where like someone in like like the marvel or dc universe they they just want to do like simple crime like selling mm-hmm. drugs and how like because of how the universes is. are st- uh, 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 structured and everything they always they always find themselves end up getting pulled into like a crisis level event like they can't Every just time. do like i'm gonna sell this guy crack cocaine it's always i'm gonna sell this guy crack cocaine but in doing so i rip a time hole in the universe mm-hmm. or something <laughs> It, it is always, like, just this fucking, like, meta nightmare, isn't it? That, like, even the most simple crimes in superhero comics 
comics yeah. end up becoming these bigger things. Yeah, they feed into some bigger thing, yeah. And everything about Dr. Ware is so brilliant, too, because he dies right away. They showed it yeah, to you in yeah. issue one. He Again, he tried so hard to dance between the raindrops and stay one step ahead of everyone, and we saw the exact moment his <laughs> luck ran out where his own patients kill him. Yeah, that's great. It's beautiful. I, I won't say much more beyond that because you haven't read it yet, but it is it is hilarious and it is wonderful in that regard because it is just just this chaotic you know mess in the yeah, it just, and it just yeah it just keeps ramping up right like what's he gonna do next issue oh i'm gonna go yeah. to lex luther for a loan or something yeah really i'm gonna sell my shoes <laughs> i'm gonna go to the i'm gonna try i have the money but i'm gonna take it to the casino and put it all on black yeah <laughs> Because I'm just the worst kind Penguin's of person. Penguin's casino, and he ends up losing the money, and then owing the penguin like millions of dollars or something. <laughs> penguin is like, "Did you just bet the twenty grand I gave you?" <laughs> no. <laughs> you know it's my casino, and I know that, right? <laughs> also, no. <laughs> this guy has a wife too. I wonder what happened to his wife. <laughs> I, wa- I want to see that before it's all over. I want to see him go home for the day, and his wife be like, "Oh, good day, honey. Oh, you know." <laughs> I got tasered in the balls by some guys in green armor, but you know. Uh, good stuff. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had two more. Uh, yeah, I had... Um, oh, I had the new Iron Fist. Oh, yes. New Iron Fist number one. Our brand new Iron Fist. What's that like? Yeah, uh, it's pretty damn cool. Um, yeah, he. I'm pretty sure like they announced it beforehand, but yeah, he is the Swordmaster everyone assumes yeah and because it's written by the person who wrote the sword master yeah. book only further uh strengthen that idea yeah so uh here we find uh we actually pick up with danny rand and even without the power he's still like kicking ass he's like fighting these demons who are like trying to take some type of shard mm-hmm. uh and that's when the iron fist reveals himself to danny and uh fights these demons and t- tries to take the shard as well and uh danny's like oh uh, the your costumes off it's not the right color it's, uh, you, you look exactly like this other guy i kind of knew uh, yeah and um danny's trying to find out who the guy is and everything but he takes off and uh lynn on the roof lynn lee is the guy's name is on the roof uh and danny catches up to him and we learn a little bit more about him that he, that um obviously as sword master he fought uh against a demon who was freed when dr strange died Mm. and when he fought that demon uh with his sword the sword shattered and like um all the pieces like went into his arms and stuff and this and the sword shards are what he's after and we learn that after he was defeated by that demon he was found by the uh dragon shaolau the undying and that gave him the power and he wound wound up in kunlun somehow and oh, that's, that's how interesting. that's how he became the new iron fist but the problem is is every time he uses the the power it it like kills him oh that's bad um because and they're, they're shooting around theories him and his friend uh may are shooting around theories about why and they they think it might have to do with all these shards of his sword embedded in his arms like somehow mm. it's blocking the chi from working properly because because right? the sword isn't just like some normal sword the sword was actually a weapon his father took from the tomb of the chinese god of war and it was like the thing that was keeping the god in the tomb and um taking the sword out released part of the the uh the god the evil god of war's power and now that the sword is shattered it can't be put back 
Hmm. So he's been, as well as being Iron Fist, he's been trying to collect all the shards of this sword to try and put the sword back together to seal away the God of War. Right. Do they explain why Danny's not Iron Fist anymore? Because even in Devil's Reign, he's like, yeah, I'm not really doing the Iron Fist thing anymore, but they don't explain why. They briefly mention it in, like, his narration where, like, he gave up the power to save the world, but we, yeah, we don't, I don't remember seeing that anywhere. Did we miss an Iron Fist story at some point? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. I, I, I don't remember anything, like, hearing anything about that. Or is this like some weird backwards thing to be like, ah, you see, we make people read this new Iron Fist number one and get them excited for Danny's story explaining Did, how he lost the power. Does he have the power in Devil's Reign? He was in that one one uh, issue where he's like yeah. fighting the Thunderbolts. Did he have it in that? I don't think he actually used the Iron Fist in that. No, I think he fought yeah. them normally. Yeah, okay. Maybe we have like, maybe it was in like the back of some issue <laughs> no Probably. one read or something. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie there. I like Iron Fist as a character. I like him even better when he's teamed up with Luke Cage. I wasn't reading the last several. No, no. There was the one they greenlit just in time for the show that was pretty lame because he was acting like angry like he was in the show and their big thing was like, oh, we'll have him fight Sabretooth again because Sabretooth was originally an Iron Fist villain. Yeah, did it, did it happen in maybe that Shang-Chi book or something? Quite possibly. That would only make sense, I think. Yeah. And then there was the one even before that where it's like, oh, he has a sister you didn't know about and this whole thing feels uh-huh. like the Arrow TV show. Yeah. Oh, oh, was it the uh, Larry Hama uh, mini for Iron Fist? Yeah, that would make sense if that was the one. Okay, when was that? <laughs> Not too long ago, because we talked about it on the show, because it's like, hey, comics I legend. I remember it. And G.I. Joe, like, scribe Larry Hama came back to write an Iron Fist book. And I'm like, oh, cool, an Asian person's actually writing Iron Fist. Cool, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I, did, it didn't, I didn't read that or anything, but yeah, he I, gave I, the power I, up. <laughs> I think that's the newest one, so that might explain. I think that might okay. be the one, Matt. We might have to go look into that. I was going to say, oh, I'll just go on Comixology and look right now. Then I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, you got to go to Amazon now and and then uh, s- s- stand around for a couple of hours. Fucking apparently so. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, but he appears to be in this book maybe as like a, a guide, maybe. Cause, right, support character. Because that's the thing with, uh, with Lin. He's very much like Danny in that like he has the skills and everything, but not really the experience and right like, he, he, he he's very like uh Im- impetuous impetuous and, and like cocksure of himself and everything kind of like Makes danny sense. is which uh which i like that actually i like the idea of danny needing to be a teacher and a mm-hmm. mentor because what is you know a kung fu book without you know the mentor student relationship yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to it. and this is only a five issue series Oh, well, it's fairly short. I'm looking at it right now. There was an Iron Fist series that ran for three issues in 2018 by Clay McLeod Chapman. I don't know if that was the one. And also, really, I don't it think only it would have been. I don't think it would have been all the way back in 2018. No, that doesn't make sense at all, would it? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking here at a bunch of the releases. Okay, there was one from. Oh no, that's the new one, the one from 2022. Duh. Yeah. yeah. You think I would fight? Yeah, but what was the what was, was the it a book one? that was like announced and then like canceled, like that Luke Cage one? <laughs> I sh- I sure hope not. Okay, what, what was it? A Heart of the Dragon? Was that was it called Iron Fist Heart of the Dragon? That makes sense. Let me let me look at that. No idea. <laughs> I'm literally like, hey, what's what's the last page? Can I look at the last page? <laughs> okay, yeah, here we go. Heart of the Dragon six issue mini from uh, what year was it? Does it say what year it was? I mean, it was fairly recent. 
Uh, oh, we got one of the Dora Milaje's on the cover here, uh, fighting some monsters and everything. Luke Cage is there. I think I, I want to say I remember seeing that image. Okay, yeah, there's an egg at the end and everything. Yeah, that'll be the egg that we see. Because at the start of this issue, they, they cut to, like, months ago, where, like, uh, Kunlun is, like, protecting the egg, and the egg, like, hatches. Right. Oh, yeah, okay, here, I, I flipped ahead to the end of the book. Yes, it's Luke Cage saying, I don't care if you if your fists don't light anymore, you know, you're still my friend, Danny Rand. So, yes, okay, he gave it up there then. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's the one so if you wanted to know <laughs> go read the six issue larry hama book which man they did not do a good job promoting that no. book if such a big thing happened I, in it Holy i don't shit. even think like they have like uh i might be misremembering but in that when they talk about that in this new issue they don't even have that little thing that's like and check out this yeah, this yeah. book you know you know the little annotation Right, there you go. Well, I'm glad I'm glad uh, we know that now, and thank you, uh, Space Lord and Mind Freak in the chat who have been helping us along with this. <laughs> I had to look for myself just to see. <clears throat> and also, thank you, uh, the person who just subscribed there, too. I was in the middle of something. <laughs> but there we go. We answered that question, and uh, and you liked the new book you were saying. You enjoyed yeah, it? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it like just sets up, uh, I guess, what this new iron fist will be doing which will be looking for his sword and trying to like sort out his his chi before it kills him uh i imagine we're going to get more danny involved because he was actively trying to search for this guy so yeah yeah seems Sounds pretty like cool a good mix and it's five issues yeah. so it'll, it'll be a nice quick story absolutely uh i had my last two books this week were all x-men books mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, i had x lives of wolverine three. Oh, i i'm behind on this issue Eh, you're not missing much. This shit's starting <laughs> to get a little silly, actually. <laughs> so, once again, in this issue, as with the other two issues, we got Teenage Wolverine in the 1900s trying to save Xavier's ancestor. No. We got Wolverine in the jungles of Brazil trying to save Xavier. And we got the biggest story, Wolverine trying to not kill his wife, Itsu, post-World War II. Yep. So, all the same shit is happening, and then out of the blue, hey kids, it's Romulus. Remember this oh, yeah. X-Men villain? Yeah, Romulus. <laughs> the guy who's like Wolverine, but not Wolverine, and he's the Romulus from Rome, and he manipulated every bit of Wolverine's life for a bit, and he's kind mm -hmm. of the reason Dawkins is evil. Yep. Well, he's here now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I, rem I, I am reminded now why so many X-Men writers don't bother using this character, because every time he shows up, it makes my brain hurt. <laughs> it really does. And it's like, okay, well, I, I can't fight this guy too hard because he's manipulated every bit of my life. So if I kill him, I'll butterfly affect myself. <laughs> so I can't do that. And I can't kill my wife or I'll delete my son from existence. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, can't we just, like, back up his brain? And Xavier's like, oh, well, to do that, we'd have to back it up in a black hole. That's impossible, but we'll do it by the end of the issue. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so it doesn't feel like there was any drama at all or anything really pushing this, huh? Yeah, it feels like the uh, the, the yellow Ten Deaths of Wolverine book is, uh, is the better one. Is the better one, yeah. And even though that one's kind of falling into repetitive problems, too. Uh, <laughs> then the craziest and possibly dumbest thing happens at the end, and that is, y you know how, like, Omega Red can, like, jump into people's bodies, and that's, like, his cool new gimmick now? Yep. Uh, out of the blue, he jumps into Wolverine's body, and I'm like, he could do that? I was, oh, yeah, I was going to say, why didn't he just do that from the beginning? 
yeah I'm like did did he just figure out now he could do that <laughs> we should have been he should have been doing that from the beginning to get there before gene yeah. sent him back in there and then he'd, he'd, he'd solve the entire problem another time travel story that hurts my brain yeah well and if he can jump into other people's bodies why doesn't he just try and jump into like jeans or xavier's uh, and make him kill himself exactly like the xavier ancestor and just have him like shoot himself in the head or something yeah tell me about it yeah why doesn't he jump into the body of his mother and have her like walk off a cliff before she ends up giving birth to him yeah yeah why was that not a thing yeah, she. Yeah, in that first issue, he could uh, possess yeah. uh, Xavier's mother. Why didn't he do that while she was giving birth and ever like kill the kid or something, or like kill herself yeah. or something? Why doesn't he jump into the father's body and make him put on a Jimmy hat before he hit it raw? <laughs> then stop him from existing. <laughs> when he got his tubes tied before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That'll stop him from existing. <laughs> See, again, this is the problem with this. Once you create a character who can do this and you establish this power, it asks a million questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ooh, this, uh, this series is quickly running out of steam, which is worrisome because I was enjoying it when it started. Now it's oh. like, oh, the longer this goes on, the more this seems like a bad idea. Well, it's got two more issues. I guess you're hoping they can kick hard to the finale. Yeah. But yeah, someone in the chat saying Omega Red isn't really that bright. Fair enough, I guess. True. <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, they're seeking to imply that maybe Omega Red isn't totally on board with Mickey Hill Rasputin and everything they're doing. And it's like, oh, so he hated his old bosses in X Force and he hates his new boss, too. Yeah. And you have to wonder is Rasputin actually like puppeting him? And like you know how he, how the mutants were doing it is he doing it to him now as well i think he is because he took like his carbon synthesizer and like yeah. supercharged it yeah yeah so like no i'm not gonna fix your synthesizer problem i'm just going to move it to me <laughs> using it to manipulate you <laughs> yeah Ru russian brotherhood be damned <laughs> and uh the last one i had was x-men number eight i read this one as well modok is in it yeah this was like a fun one-off issue with uh, the x-men doing their superhero jobs yeah we're we're re-establishing modok as a villain after we tried to soften him there for a little bit by giving him a family for that Patton oswald <laughs> show and the family still the exists family, though the family and like the home and everything still exist in his head in his head it is a, it's in his head as it's he still grills x-men heads yep. <laughs> yeah that was funny <laughs> <laughs> what what I like about this is the last two issues have all been about, you know, like Cyclops dealing with being Captain Krakoa, and he's still dealing with being Captain Krakoa, but mostly this issue is actually all about Sync and all mm -hmm. of his problems with the Vault and Laura kind of yes. coming to a head. I'm so glad that they brought this uh, back because that was one of the most interesting plots they were doing. Uh, in fact, uh, Duggan retcons it a little bit here by saying that maybe Sink always had a little crush on Laura, which is why he volunteered for that dangerous vault mission in the first place. Yeah, and why he and and that's how she kind of ended up on the X Men team as well. Yeah, because he, he was like thinking about her and like, ah, oh, I want I want to be with her. It's like, ah, oh, no, I want her to be on the X Men. <laughs> yeah, so he may have pushed the thing there, and uh, yeah, they're dealing with some big, like, heavy science fiction issues there, where he's like, no, I love this woman so much. We spent like five hundred years together, and now that I'm basically an Omega mutant, I could probably make her remember using Jean's powers. But boy, would that be super unfair to age a friend like five hundred years just for my own benefit. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't want her to go through all that like because yeah they, they have like that relationship but then they'd also have that shared trauma and he doesn't want mm -hmm. her to have that either which is very nice of him and you know there's we kind of see sync 
you know, choosing the right choice over and over again. And, uh, you know, Laura's not unsympathetic to his plight because, you know, she knows what happened. And she says, oh, how long did it take for you to break me down? Because, you know, I, I don't normally let people in. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, you know, about 100 years or so. It's like, oh, good for you. You must be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that short, yeah. <laughs> yeah, congrats. And, uh, yeah, it, it comes to a moment there where Sink goes to Scott. And he's like, look, you know, I don't think I can be on the team anymore because, like, it hurts me too much to be so close to the woman I love and know that it can never be. But before he goes... He talks about the hand he played in making Yurik forget everything that was going on with the Resurrection Protocols, and that's probably the best X-Men twist I've read in a while. It, it's a pretty fucking good twist, because, yeah, in those in the issues before, you think, oh, it was Emma Frost, because Emma's, like, talking about, mm-hmm. oh, we've got to deal with this fucking, fucking Ben, ben Yurik, or he's a fucking problem, he's a fucking problem. And, yeah, we find out that it was... Uh, sink who used uh gene's power to do it and it was in like as you said it was like a moment of weakness he like just lashed out yep he thought he was protecting mutant kind but surprise surprise uh Yurik wasn't actually going to write a negative story he was actually framing the mutants defeating death as, as heroes a good and, yeah yeah as a positive thing he even coins the term the immortal x-men a new book coming soon <laughs> yes yeah i i fucking love that just because like it's it's the perfect like showcase of like how these mutants think they're so fucking like better than everyone out like like Krakoa and everything they they see someone who uh they find out that there's a human writing a story about them and they immediately think oh this is going to be bad he's going to vilify us he's going to turn us into villains mm-hmm. we'll fucking wipe his mind and all that and then it turns out to be Rome and they've they've then robbed someone of those memories and like become the villain basically yeah it, it's the ultimate we leaped before we looked we think we're so much better and so much evolved mm-hmm. but we're paranoid and we don't yep. trust humanity and how can we ever coexist when we're not even trusting our friends because Yurik historically has always been yeah. a good guy always been on the side of superheroes and always been on the side of justice and they feel like so much shit that they're like wow he could have come out with this article and it could have been a huge watershed moment for our people and now it can never be yeah yeah we we fucked ourselves yeah (laughs) we we really shot ourselves in the foot and the fact that he feels bad about this and has this conversation with scott he's like nasink i can't let you leave i need good-hearted sensitive people next to me for what's going on we can't lose our hero way basically this is the whole reason i wanted to move back to new york and you know start the x-men back up again yeah yeah it's a be- it's a beautiful moment too and we also learn a bit more about the armor too apparently it was forge's brainchild <laughs> to try and you know help protect all the more pacifist mutants without combat powers <laughs> But Emma and the Quiet Council have kind of perverted that idea and want to use it as a weapon for war, and Forge isn't totally on board with that. Yep. But he's trying to get Cyclops on board with it. Yeah, it's it, like it gives uh, Cyclops the power of like flight and super strength mm-hmm. and all that. And yeah, it's used as like a weapon of war, but also as a uh, like a propaganda propaganda tool. Yes, as well yeah, as so like using- look, uh, we've got Captain Krakoa, and he's gonna, he's he's the new hero, and he's here to save the day. Yep where Forge only wanted it to protect the next generation of mutants so they would never have to fight. It's like, oh, wow, that's an interesting topic about how technology that is, you know, supposed to be meant for a brighter tomorrow is all too often turned into weapons. Hey, once again, Krakoa is like every other nation. Yeah, it's 
it's a fantastic continuation of what Hickman was writing, and it's it's so strange because I keep seeing people saying it's like, oh, they're gonna they're they're already undoing everything Hickman has been doing because of this and that, and like, no, they're not. They're continuing no. on all these themes that he did all the way from like House of X and Power yeah. of X, and it's so cool seeing it all just come together. Some people have a hard time reading themes I've oh, noticed and digging man. deeper than the surface. Man, do they ever? Yeah, again, the theme of the Krakoa era is still very much in place, and that is the dangers and pitfalls of nationalism. Mm -hmm. Where every great nation is usually built on a great sin and yep. colonization and everything else, and even people you love, even heroes like the X-Men, can fall victim to it. Yeah, no one is higher than, what they, than the other person, basically. Yeah. And because one of the big problems about nationalism is that you will forgive some of the worst crimes because it's like, oh, well, they're my people and they're my home team, so it can't be that bad. Yeah, exactly. And and that we see that like weekly in the X Men, where like they'll do something bad and be like, ah, it's okay. He's part of Krakoa. It's fine. Yeah. And that's what makes Cyclops' journey so interesting here, because he's the one breaking away from yeah. that ideology more and more. And he's like, look, I think I think we might have to fight the council at some point yeah. for our own independence to be heroes. Yeah. And it's even better coming from Cyclops, the guy who, you know, back during, like, Avengers versus X-Men and all that was, like, the mm -hmm. most hardline fucking... Very. Like, like X-Men ever. <laughs> yeah, so to see them actually do what most fans want, it's like, no, he's the golden boy, he's their Captain America, he should always be, like, their moral center. Yeah. And that's kind of what they're doing here. I'm glad this generation of x-men writers have been like no people want to like cyclops and he serves yeah. a very important purpose to be the first one ironically a character who you know his vision is impaired he's the only one who sees, sees clearly yeah yeah you know he sees everything wrong with it and he's like you know things were so much simpler back when we were just heroes and everything yeah yeah but he knows he feels bad about that because like oh, but so many mutant children will have a chance to grow up now and not no fear and prejudice and am i an asshole trying to take us back it's all very compelling it's yeah it's fantastic it's the best the x-men have been in decades again more big high-minded ideas that i'm sure we're going to be talking about for a long time absolutely uh-huh and uh oh eric santi helping us out again there it's refreshing to see a human actually be supportive of mutants thriving without yeah. uh under condition of humans it's sad to see them throw away an alley exactly and that's yes. why that story is so tragic yeah and why it's such a gut and, punch where it's like oh you had a real ally and you fucked and, it up because you were paranoid and and the thing is like you can see it that way as well but then you can also see it from the mutants way where they've had allies that have just turned on them like used them Every and everything time, yeah. so you can kind of understand their paranoia but then oh, also absolutely. like you can understand from both ways it's so fucking good yeah, you know, we thought the Avengers were our friends until they didn't. You know, we thought all these other people were our friends, yeah. but when the going got tough, they turned against us. Yeah, so you can understand why they would think this guy who's, like, digging into their, like, culture and, and Secrets, past yeah. and everything would want to do something bad. Absolutely. And I love that it's Yurik, too, is the thing. Yeah. As I said, Yurik has always been a character on the side of, like, you know, journalistic yeah. ethics and, you know, supporting the hero community when no one else would. Yeah. Do, do we think maybe maybe now that um, uh, uh, Cyclops knows that, do you think maybe Yurik will get his memories back? Maybe. Again, we know it's an option because yeah. what did Sink say? Yeah, I could flip a switch and give Laura her memories back. Yeah, yeah, and he's 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 uh, got the notebook as well and everything. Yeah, they could definitely go that way with it. 
Uh, maybe maybe Cyclops is going to keep that as like uh, as an insurance policy if he ever goes to war with the Quiet Council. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Ooh, not going to tell Kem- anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Chem Dog asked me, "Are you happy that OG Law and Order is back next week?" Yes, actually, very much. They're <laughs> they're resurrecting original recipe Law and Order, and if you've not been watching Law and Order, uh, they totally marvelized it because SVU links up with organized crime will link up with this new show it's total continuity fest now <laughs> and they're bringing back old characters and referencing characters they haven't talked about since like 89 it's amazing that's cool that's great yeah someone decided hey you know what's great about this longest running cop show well what if we made it like marvel <laughs> <laughs> they gotta have the big end game where like I know yeah. the king of the rapists comes to town or comes, something. Comes to Earth. It's, and, a, it's it's the rape alien, and they all have to <laughs> join together. Stabler, Benson, yeah. Ice T. Stabler and his wife Peter is the only one who can stop him. Stop them! Yeah. What's that? It's the ghost of Richard Belzer <laughs> back from the grave. <laughs> I am the new Jerry Orbach now. They, they got to deep fake him in like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> exactly. We we need to find uh what is it? Lenny Briscoe's gold is what we need. <laughs> it's buried in Central Park somewhere. <laughs> it's the only way. There's a bunch of like recordings again, deep fakes of uh freaking Jerry Orbach. I've left my treasure to defeat these crime aliens. <laughs> It's the only way. Also, you are my son, Stabler. No, don't ask questions. You are also my son. <laughs> you thought you were uh, Elliot Stabler. You're actually Elliot Briscoe. <laughs> Think about it, but not for long. Uh, but yeah, that was all the books I read this week. What about you? Yeah, that, that that's my all my books done. <laughs> there you go. That's why we can have fun, Law & Order. Freaking, uh... <laughs> <laughs> freaking tangents there uh thank you everyone for watching and listening as always we very much appreciate it uh if you're a patron you'll be able to listen to this episode first before anyone else uh in both audio and visual form we always respect the patrons you know for helping us out keep the lights on and everything infusing us with a little bit more cash here and there we know it's hard we know times are difficult i know a couple people had to you know uh rescind their donation a while ago and they wrote me and it's like hey i get it i understand yeah well we know the world we're living in we know we're there too of course thank you everyone who donated and helped out and subscribed in this this is this is why we keep doing the live ones everyone to try and keep this one going yeah uh, we got a couple more uh, episodes coming to you, and at the end of the month, though, actually, uh, yeah, next week, I guess, uh, we'll be doing another uh, Retro Hero video, assuming there's not too much crazy news. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there'll be a lot of news. No, I don't think so either. Uh, we'll be doing a Teen Titans episode. We'll be doing the Teen Titans episode on racism, in oh, case fun. everyone wants. <laughs> yeah, in case everyone wants to watch it and catch up as we continue our very special episode arc <laughs> of Retro Hero Video. I don't know why it turned into that, but it turned into the very special episode episode. <laughs> so we got that coming down the pipeline. Hey, you know what's fun? Let's actually take a look at the comic release schedule. These are the books. <laughs> That are coming out uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, if you're watching it live, just, and today, if you're watching this on YouTube. I'll just head over to Comixology and... Uh... Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we got more Detective Comics, obviously. We're continuing on with that. Uh, ooh, New Saga comes out. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 90. Action Comics 1040. Ooh, that's a cool cover. It's Mongol holding up the cape and everything. Yeah, yeah. We got Dark Ages number 5. We got Robin number 11. Uh, Miles Morales 35, 
uh, Department of Truth, Ex-Deaths of Wolverine, uh, DC Vampires, uh, Monstrous, uh, More Human Target, uh, Black Widow 14. Wow, there's a Black Widow book still going on? <laughs> yeah, didn't it get like a nominated for like an Eisner or something? I think it did. I, think I didn't think it was they... still going. Well, because they did a couple back-to-back, and I forgot what the good one was. <laughs> uh, we also got Ghost Rider number one. Wait, there's a new Ooh. Ghost Rider who's writing Yes, that. there is. I remember everyone's getting, uh, like, pissy because it was, like, it was, like, Johnny riding, like, Danny Ketch's bike or something. Oh, oh, Percy's writing this one. Yeah. Johnny Blaze has the perfect life. Two kids. Okay, so this sounds like we're going back to basics with this one. Yeah. Looks good, too. It's the, uh, what is it, Conan guy drawing it. Yeah. Uh, we got Iron Man, which you'll be excited about. Iron Man 17 as we continue the Cantwell epic. Yes, looking forward to that. Yeah, and uh, what else do we got? Uh, we got Silk Silver Surfer, Teen Titans Academy that's almost done. Mm-hmm. Deathstroke Inc. number six, which I didn't think I have to read, but maybe I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to pick that up in a minute. <laughs> he's, he's apparently a King Conan now of something. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Carnage Forever, which again, do I have to read this too? It's being written by uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Oh, that'll be a really good book then. <laughs> yes, I think this is them crowning a new Carnage because Philip yeah. Kennedy Johnson got rid of Cletus Casty in the last one. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting a new Carnage. I don't know if this will mean something for Venom, but there you go. Uh, Blue and Gold 6, Shang-Chi 9. Oh, Supermassive, the big Kyle Higgins, Radiant Black. Yes. crossover i can't believe that's gotten so big so quickly and I'm oh so there's fucking so many behind. like spin-offs and crossovers and everything coming from that I'm... book i i keep seeing them on twitter and i'm like oh my god i i really should have kept up with this this seems insane i'm really happy for him uh new high republic adventures aquaman yes. number one. Oh, excellent aquaman green arrow deep targets i gotta read that when it's done I really i've been do. reading that it's it's fucking great it's it so sounds like good. something i would like uh, what else do we got here? Uh, oh, Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit. Yeah, Miss Marvel came back for a mini series, and I forgot yeah. about it. Yep. That seems unlikely. You know, I'll cover it when the show comes out. Yeah. I'll cover it when the show comes out for sure. Uh, Wonder Woman Evolution. Uh, some new GI Joe. Okay, I think I'm into the indies now. I think I think that's everything from the big two. Nice. So yeah, oh god damn, it's gonna be another big week, Matt. <laughs> oh fuck, oh no. <laughs> it never, it never stops here, does it? <laughs> uh, before we go to Eric helping us out one more time, always appreciate it. It's been impressive how across all the X-Books, writers are exploring the evil X-Force and good new mutants of Krakoa. Yeah, it's again, it's very much a society and, is made up of many different parts. And and the thing is, I, I, I... I like that like people are getting upset about that because I think people just wonder, oh no, the X-Men, they, they have to be good. Mm. They have to be good guys. And when you have books that like challenge that, like the X-Men books and everything, they, they start getting upset or it's like, oh, this isn't what I I read when I was a kid. What yeah, is this? And it's also the thing too, it's like, well, by and large, the X-Men are good. Society yeah. is the problem. Yeah, yeah nationalism is the yeah. problem but nationalism is a problem you can't punch in yeah. comics nor in the real world no no <laughs> and again the reckoning that this krakoa era will go to is eventually all the mutants will have to get together and say hey are we better or worse off than we were before exactly and was krakoa ultimately worth it or should you know should we burn it to the ground mm-hmm. and just start somewhere else yep 
And they will, because of course they will. It, probably in time for the new movie, they'll go back will, to basics. And then they people, always will do. Say, people will be saying that they're canceling the Krakoa era because of the new movies, when it actually yeah. will probably end in a really cool way with them actually ending the Krakoa era like properly with yeah. it burning to the ground. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be saying, like, dude, we've had multiple years of Krakoa. It had its run. Yeah, exactly. It had a really good run. Everything in comics returns eventually. Mm-hmm status quo is always maintained for better or worse yep <laughs> yeah so there you go everyone that's the show for this week thank you for coming and hanging out with us and watching as always you know really makes our night there you're the reason we keep doing it if people didn't watch and wouldn't listen we would have stopped doing this a long time ago <laughs> what a what a fucking learn to knit <laughs> or something so thank you everyone and matt and i'll be back again next week bye-bye see ya